Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Reveille, reveille, donks. Look at us now, tip to tip. This is our life. This is our passion. That's the spirit we bring to this show. I'm Luke Thomas. I'm Brian Campbell. This is Morning Combat. Hey, welcome to sunny Los Angeles. I don't even know who's hosting the show. Hi, everyone. Brian Campbell, Luke Thomas. We are here. It's 5 p.m. in the West. We normally don't do the show at this time. We normally do it at 11. It's 5 in the East right now. Just 5 in the it's, I, don't, I don't even know what fucking time it is. 2 in the West. Yes, 2 in the West, 5 in the East. I haven't slept all that well. Uh, but here we are, morning combat, fresh off of UFC 279. We are going to react as well. That's why we're here to the Jake Paul and Anderson Silva presser, which was just on the other side of this wall these days. I'd like to say something. Please. Uh, you, you all may have remembered on today's Showtime digital stream of the press conference when we had interviews with Jake Anderson and then Julia Rose slid in. She did, yes. Unannounced, uninvited. She's uh, Jake, she just sat down. Jake Paul's significant other and a big-time influencer herself. She follows 252 people on Twitter right now. <laughs> you're very proud of this. <laughs> and you're looking at one of them, okay? Hey. All right. Hey, now, how did know? you get there? Did you follow her uh, first? I did, but, you know, if you think that downgrades the achievement at all, you haven't lived. Downgrades lived, okay? a little. No, it really doesn't. Downgrades a little, but it is a nice Do you thing. think steroids downgrades Barry Bonds' career? Uh, no. I think it elevated it. It elevated it, I yeah. think this elevated my brand just a little bit more, all right? <laughs> well, I'm happy for you. <laughs> Congratulations. Even, even more than the Delta 8s. Even more than the Delta 8s. Uh, we have a lot to get to. We are, of course, following the uh, UFC 279 weekend. We are up here, of course, uh, as we just indicated, for the Paul and Silva Presser, which was also a little weird. How about real uh, weird? I mean, you have the picture up in the middle, and then... Uh, Chael trying to explain to Anderson why he didn't go to his barbecue. I thought the funniest okay. part was when he was like in Brazil. He's like, oh, no, no, no. You'd be murdered on site in Brazil. Yeah. It'd have to be. There was, there was actually a lot of weird, funny one-liners and moments right there. Um, we're going to get to that, though. The show is long, along with UFC 279 reactions because the people yes. are waiting. And uh, itchy. Uh, now, are we doing BC's feces? We are doing that shit. I brought it with me to the West Coast, all right? All right. Do, can we go to the wide? Does this make me look chubby or is it really my dietary choices? Am I pulling this off at all at this angle, Luke? I think you're uh, right, bro. I think you are who you are. Uh, you know? Luke, are you going to talk, talk to the people about that lecture you tried to give me before the show started? The lecture? You're like, yo, BC, we got to really actually try this show. Well, BC was like, I mean, just ready to punt. He told me, he's like, I don't even want to talk about it. I just want to talk about these Delta 8s. And uh, going to Amoeba Records. That's all I care about. Yo, shout out to Amoeba Records. That's what I gotta say, that's one of the most impressive record stores I've ever seen. I spent also, a lot of time in there yesterday. I gotta say something. I was, I was, you never know about going to a new city what you're gonna see. Let me say something about Los Angeles. Okay? Well, there's a different parts of Los okay, Angeles. Okay, fair enough. Okay? I'm not, okay, so the part we're in, we're in, Which Ho- is we're in Hollywood. The center of Hollywood. Okay, we're in Hollywood. 
We are literally staying on like Hollywood and Vine. Dude, I thought the homeless problem in DC was bad, and to be fair, it's bad. Like, I am not in any way saying it's anything other than bad. Dude, these homeless people in LA is next level. I cannot believe the number of them. Well, even Dunkin' the Donuts has like them. an armed security guard up front. You know what I mean? It's unbelievable. Yeah. It's sad too, because like I mean, obviously homelessness is, a, is sad in general. But like, just be real for just a second. Like they're young. Yeah, they're I gotta, super young. I'm building here. a tight ten in comedy, but I don't usually touch homeless as material for that. So I was really just turned off by it. You know, I heard I did hear gunshots between five and six. You say you heard West gunshots Coast time last night. And then also, sirens. also, let me tell you about this dirtbag. So I text him on the plane, being like, "Hey, would you like to be a normal human and like interact at some point when I land in the plane?" That's not how the interaction I, went at all. You're like, "Yo, BC, you got any drugs?" Because I, I did. Them. I did. May, may or may not have asked about that, but then he was like, "Yeah, of course. Like, it's fine." And then as soon as I land, I'm like, I get to the hotel, I check in, and then I text him. Radio silence. Radio silence the entire time. And then finally I get something uh, this morning. Oh, bro, I, I was done at 6. You're a liar. No, and I know I you're a liar. I passed out at 8.30, bro, okay? I, I mean, texted you like 8.39. You know what it's... You know, first of all... You saw, you saw my text. All, we're both... You saw my text and you punted. We are both walking carcasses. Yes, that's we true. We flew to the West Coast. <laughs> it takes at least two days to lose that hangover zombie feeling, okay? I mean, yes. you're exhausted all the time. And there's a lot of shit legal in this state as well. Legal. I cannot believe um, the amount but, of marijuana everywhere. But, uh, you know, I, I went to bed early. And you're going to have to... You're going to have to trust my reputation enough to know that I'm not putting you on. I didn't look at that text and go, oh, fuck Luke. Yeah, you, know you did. I mean? It's all right. That's, I, I forgive you. I, you know, yeah. <laughs> I know you did, you fucking dirtbag. I, did. I didn't do that shit. Uh, let's remind everyone, of course, the, now the pay-per-view for Jake Paul and Anderson Silva, will, that's exactly where it will be. It's a Showtime production, but it will be on pay-per-view. But there's lots of good stuff on regular Showtime, including all the shows. You saw the McEnroe doc. You could have caught him Friday for Showbox in Atlantic City. Hey, I'm going to shout out that McEnroe doc. It's actually really, really good. I've been looking forward to it. I haven't seen it's it yet. Really, it's artsy, too. It's a little artsy. All right, right? fair enough. Yeah. Uh, so, of course, Showtime.com, 30-day free trial. If you like it, you can keep it. If not, you can bounce. Uh, yeah, we okay. don't have any merch because we have to wear some reasonably decent clothes, but uh, uh, morningcombat.store. Morningcombat.store. Yeah, I don't merch. know if RJ still works here, but he, he built something nice. Who is the West Coast RJ? Do we know? Because we, we got a lot of Malka West people here and of varying degrees of um, sobriety and ability in... Uh, uh, Jim, we don't have a West Coast. So RJ's merchant. just the guy. Yo, RJ, do you still work here, bro? I haven't heard from you in a long ass time, dude. Okay, you know what I mean. I don't want to be smirchy publicly. All right, I kind of kind of do. I could, you, you like smirching everyone. <laughs> yeah, yeah I'm just kind Why of would weird. he be the exception? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but of course, morningcombat.store. You can check that out. They already flashed the um, thing there. Yo, he needs a wellness check, RJ. Right? He, uh, what does that mean? Like, like. You gonna go knock on his door or some shit? Yeah, we haven't we haven't, we haven't got a Yo, wait the all fuck the up, RJ. You know? uh, and then last but not least, vote for us because we don't deserve it. But some reason you guys like it, we keep getting nominated. So Morning Combat is up for World MMA Awards. Do we have it? There it is. You can put the Q, the phone up on the screen, the QR code there right. if you're listening. WorldMMAAwards.com/nominees. Voting closes soon, so get them in. Yeah, look, get if you in. want us to go there to, with the doc crew and win another award. I'm for it. Our bosses love that shit, all right? By the way, Jake, uh, Jake Von Amsterdam, yes. our documentarian, in production on Doc 7, he's like more than halfway there. It's where, where my wife makes a cameo. Yeah, I, like the, I think we can see the head now. We're close. You know what I'm saying? It's a, it's a, it, was a, it was like a analogy for birth. I despise you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I didn't bring up the birthing room floor. Which yes, is, yes, yes, yes. You know, uh, that's the, just a murder scene. Yeah, that's a murder I mean, scene. Outside of the back room of McDonald's, that's like in the grill thing, area. Yeah, that's when you know you're like, I'm in a different stage of my life. When you see the, the floor yeah. of the room where your wife gave birth, wow. I don't really think we should talk about that with, with um, so many young people in the room right now. We might scare them out of procreation. Well, I mean, look at these people. I mean, this is the... This is, 
I mean, this is the no fucking section. If anyone oh, wow. 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 All right. I mean, go, no, who, show of hands. Who was the prom king or queen? Yeah, right. Okay, there we go. Yo, this, yo, Lynch just put his hand up. Did you? Were you prom king? Oh, okay, okay. I was about to eat my words. Yo, yo, real talk. Um, Snyder was like, yo, be careful. Lynch could kick your ass. Hey, but he might. Look at him. What was he, 25? Spry That's as shit. That's our social guy. He's jacked. Spry as shit. He's yeah, good shit. shit, this guy. Yeah. All right, well, we got a show to get to. You ready to do it? I'm not really interested in talking about that. I know. You denied that up front. Only to reveal I was right all along. The Luke Thomas story. Uh, okay. Let's start with topic number one. Nate Diaz did, in fact, win. Now, he was actually, actually brought up. Uh, yeah, that's BC. Wrong one. There we go. But the there we go. There we go. Look at that. Uh, Nate Diaz submits Tony Ferguson in the fourth round. A back and forth affair. Of course, I did the instant reaction. So BC, the fans have not heard from you. I'm wondering if they could be louder. It's not quite loud enough. This is a tight room. Very tight in here. Uh, so answer me this: How impressed were you with how Nate Diaz performed? We'll talk about Tony in just a second. How did Nate look? They look really good, but we do have to adjust our expectations for the matchup there. Obviously, this was not an easy situation for anybody with three fights, six fighters all getting reworked and getting new opponents. Like, I think we kind of have to start there, separate even from Nate. Is Luke, how do we sum up the one of the wildest stretches of combat sports at the most elite promotional level from, like, the backroom brawl Thursday that canceled the press conference through the star of the pay-per-view missing weight by eight and a half pounds mm -hmm. through the top three fights all got flipped and then were actually better fights after they salvaged not it. sure if that's true on paper it was on, on paper, paper sure, it was. Yes. i think that's even separate from to a degree from nate's performance and what's next like i think this is ufc at their finest i think if you're a pro wrestling fan that's great right here that's that's fantastic there we go. We're just going to put you. I mean, it's, it's going great. Guys, no, we're live. Okay, there we go. Um, Dude, you high, know, high as balls. I've always said that in pro wrestling, like Vince McMahon, WWE, always at their best when shit falls apart and they've got to go last minute. Dude, i got to give the UFC credit. Like, this was a really, really fun last two, three days leading into a fight card that was... Give the, the fighters credit, That too. was going to put a lot of eyes and attention anyway because there's Nate and there's Hamzat. Dude, this was like where you didn't know what was going to happen next. Poirier said he was like ready to go and get a flight to like save the main event. There was a couple of those scenarios. Wasn't this like, it's not unprecedented. We had this for UFC 200 when John Jones had to pull out. Mm -hmm. We had this for UFC 223 where... I can't recall the last time three at the top though. Well, that, even 223 was different because you had the dolly. You had Habib going from, you know, Tony to Holloway to suddenly yes. Iaquinta. And we didn't know if it was going to be Pettis. But I'll have to say this, Luke. It added an edge and an element of, like, realism. It created plenty of cons conspiracy theories that we can all shoot down or laugh at or play into, whatever. I mean, this was fun. I like this shit. It was fun. I thought that the uh, overall, in terms of the reshuffling, I, I don't know that it created better fights. I don't feel that it did. Um, I, the main event to me was perfectly good. Okay, but how do you feel like it didn't create better fights? I thought that the D-Rod fight and the Leech fight that they were a little bit uncomfortable with what they were both going up against, and so they kind of fought single strike distance, okay. as opposed to really mixing. So you're it up saying the actual performances, as compared to the on paper upgrades in the end. We've talked about this on the show. Don't you agree that not all the time, not every time? There's plenty of exceptions. Boxing too, but a lot of times when guys get last, really last minute changes, 48 hours, things like that. A lot of times the fights end up being fine, but somewhat reserved because yes. both guys don't know what to expect. I feel like that bled, not with Hamzat, but in the feature fight and then a little bit in the main event. I mean, that was the same bit. case with Anderson Silva and Daniel Cormier. Exactly. It was just they, they get an, an OSP and John Jones. I'm saying for weird. keeping this fight card together, your interest level into it, and they maybe even heightening, yes. maybe even heightening, which brings us back to Nate. Luke, this was 
people rip me on Twitter for saying this, but I stand by it. This was the gangster exit that Nate Diaz deserved the whole time as being a legend. You got ripped for that? Yeah, yeah. Just sort of saying, you know, oh, Tony, this Dude, Tony fought his balls off for being exactly who he is, coming off a four-fight, you know, losing skid and 37 years old. The fight wasn't great. It was weird as shit. Round three... I didn't know what was happening. When they were circling away from each other, Nate's doing Nick Diaz things, Tony's doing Nick Diaz things. I thought for a hot second that was going to be Nate doing the middle finger walk off, I'm done, F you guys. I'm glad that it didn't happen because Nate gets the win, the stoppage, and then the hero's exit. I mean, they were puffing up his bag in the post-fight interview, calling him a legend. When would you have ever have guessed that A, that would have happened, or B, that he wasn't going to have to pull off a miracle first and go through Hamzat Chemaev to get there? So all in all... Nate did the exact opposite of what the original matchmaking was intended, to take his star power and rub it all over Chemayev. And instead, we not only didn't get that chance, but Nate exit with his brand increased from this, right? His brand, he almost exited as a hero. Where traditionally he was the anti-hero. Traditionally we cheered for him because he was like the villain who's like F the, the, the company, F the man. This time he came back around and had like a baby face moment, and he earned it and deserved it. I loved it. I, was I loved about everything this, about of it. All the ways this weekend could have gone, of all the various permutations, I can't call this the very best because if you think about it, let's say he had actually fought Hamzat and then submitted him or something in some kind of amazing yeah. performance, that would have been so enormous that no one would have been able to take it away from him. I don't think it was that, but I think it's just one step down. That's it. I don't think it's a whole lot different. Uh, it's different, but I still think that what he got out of this, to your point, is the exact opposite of where everything ultimately was headed. Is there a way to grade, I'm not sure how to word this exactly, the level of triumph? Like, what, what realistically does this do for him, do you think? Okay, realistically, and like, I don't mean, I don't mean of, like the Jake Paul fight. I mean, in terms, like, of, in terms of triumph and consequence, it's, it's another legendary name that he defeated. And I think what we at least saw was that Tony poured out the best of what he could have had in this situation. New opponent, losing streak, all that. Mm-hmm. It was a tough, interesting... I mean, Nate's, you know, the leg strikes he was absorbing, you were starting to question, is he going to be, you know, heading into peril? Is Tony going to pull off this miracle win? That didn't happen. I give the UFC, like, an A-plus for saving the card and actually upgrading it. I give the ending in the end for Nate... I mean, we, we say that all the time. Legends don't get that. Anderson Silva didn't get that for his UFC exit. Nobody gets that. Nate needed the most ridiculous set of circumstances to flip for it to happen. I mean, we've got to shout out Mike Heck from MMA Fighting. We do. The New England. I like him, but what did he do? Um, maybe two times already in the past week on this show, I brought to you his theory, his, hey, what if? What if for some God-known, unknown reason, oh, Jesus, that was Chimaev um, gets injured or, gets, or, or misses weight, and suddenly it's Tony versus Nate? Because the whole idea was Nate was going to have to... I mean, think about that narrative coming in. Nate was fighting the machine. He didn't want to fight Chimaev. He was. He, I think he knew in the back of his mind, this is pretty much an unwinnable fight. I mean, it's not unwinnable, but it's, you know, this is what I have to do to cash out. This is what I have to do to get out of here, to be free. And he instead, just by receiving good MMA karma for, be, for being true to his beliefs and his you know, street justice and all that the whole time, he, the good karma came back to him. He got to have a moment. The fans enjoyed it. Now he doesn't exit damaged or, or another rough loss that he didn't need. Now he gets to go wherever he's going on a lift. Dude, this was a, a feel-good moment. It's a rare, weird moment. So I want to, before we exit the whole talk about the craziness, Luke, I texted you at one point in the midst of it, maybe Friday evening, was like, is this shit staged? Is this a pro wrestling thing? Everything's just coming together too perfect. And you're like, I don't think so. I thought Dana actually gave the best response Saturday night after the fights and saying, 
Do you know how crazy the six guys are that we had to give new fights to? Do you think they could pull off an organized conspiracy? I will agree with him on this. But let me toss one remotely possible conspiracy theory at you, and I want to hear what you say about it. All conspiracy theories are remotely possible. Okay. We did see Dana, whether it was fear out of Nate, you know, walking out of a cage during a fight and flipping everybody off or not, receive Nate in like a, you're an MMA legend. I have nothing bad to say about you. I mean, to hear Nate in the post-fight interview be like, I've always loved Dana, all love. Something must have happened, in my opinion, during fight week, Luke. I talked about about this on Friday. Where they got to a certain level of respect, but maybe they got to a really good level of respect where Dana's like, this is kind of dirty what we did. The reality right now is unless we're putting Hamza in a a title fight, he probably should be facing somebody like Holland right now to see exactly where he is. Maybe they talked to Nate. I don't know anything. I'm just putting it out there. And they said, look, Nate, we want you to have this trilogy with McGregor under our banner. Go do what you need to do. Go make your money. But agree with us that you're going to come back and do this with us. And maybe that was enough for them to go, hey, Hamza, come here, bro. We're going to have to flip this shit upside down. So you're going to, we're going to tell everybody that you missed weight really badly and you're going to act like you don't care. Because, Luke, you're going to tell me I'm crazy, right? Yes. Then what kind of surreal, like, shit was the last few days? It was the most, like, when Mike Heck pitched that possibility, we're all like, oh, my God. Like, what kind of karma would have to come together for something that awesome to happen? It happened step by step. But the thing to me that's still unbelievable is how Chemayev, who beat two guys in 10 days, could be that far overweight. So his coach, I just saw this before we went live. I retweeted it from Sean Elshadi. I guess he, uh, the coach, let's get those phones off. <laughs> And I'm not, and I'm not sitting here saying I believe this. People's Luke. phones are ringing. On yeah, set. I mean, this is. A, what are we doing? I'm just saying there are a lot of people DMing me going. I, I can't. So I his, can't. what his coach said. Again, this is not me making it up. This is what his coach said. And by the way, you could say he's wrong too. I'm just going to relay the information. Remember that Hamzat had like a real bad bout with COVID, like oh, the yeah. kind where it was kind oh, of yeah. fucked him up real good, right? So he's obviously, in terms of what he can do on fight night, he seems just fine. But what his coach said was, ever since that time, his body's been a little bit weird and he can't make welterweight as easily. Like, obviously he did it against Gilbert Burns, but apparently it was a Herculean effort. Now, is his coach right? I don't know. Is that the reason? I don't know. But, um... I mean, look, this is among the most it was unprofessional, a, whether it was say, medically induced this too, or not. Let me say this, too. Here's, here's something to think about. A buddy of mine one time tried to make his Bellator debut. Uh, he didn't... He, had, he eventually made it later. But he went to the weight cut process, never had an issue... And then when he got there, this was in California, his heart rate was elevated and they actually wouldn't let him cut weight. And I, I asked him, I was like, how did you feel? He's like, I felt fine. I could have easily cut weight. That what they said was that the doctors didn't let Hamzat cut the weight. Hamzat wanted to. So what I'm wondering is if there was something that was flagged in like a, a medical screening related to that. Because I do know for a fact a buddy of mine had that, ex- well, had a very uh, plausible thing that happened to him that could have been what happened to him. Uh, because look, when Gervonta missed wolf. on the scale and lost his title in the in the Mayweather-McGregor co-main event, we were like, okay, maybe he's got to clean up his discipline outside the ring. This is a guy who's crazy disciplined. I'm still shocked that this happened. Even if, even if yeah. everything's on the up and up, I'm still shocked that this... This is, this, a, this is the other part too, BC, and I, I made this, I think, on my live chat. We didn't talk about it, but we should very quickly. Remember, all the athletes have to weigh in at the beginning of the week. The UFC knows when they get to Vegas or however long he was there, they knew on fight week where he was that Monday or Tuesday. He had to come in and weigh in. So maybe nothing was flagged then. I don't know. That's yeah. sort of the, no. We should have asked, that. They should have been asked to Dana then. I mean, do I really believe it's a conspiracy? No, but it's just 
I've never seen somebody who, like, as much as the media was making this event about Nate, and it certainly became about Nate once again. Hamzat did everything he could. This was about Hamzat. Promotionally, business-wise, this was all about taking Nate's fans and giving them to Hamzat. And to see him have a mishap is surprising enough. But what about the the way he's responded character-wise? I want to save some of this conversation for his fight, but the last thing I would say is, I thought Hamza, this ultimately, it's amazing that Nate Diaz even got the headlines that he did when you really think about it, because Hamza, either inadvertently or whatever, basically did everything possible to make that week about him, from the brawl, or the, not the brawl, but the conflict with Paulo Costa, to the backstage, to the way, and every day Hamza was like the top of the news, not for good reason, but he was the guy there, for hook, by hook or by crook, he was the guy up there. And then Nate, I think, managed to wrestle back a little bit of that limelight, obviously a lot of it, on Saturday. But that's sort of my reading. Okay, well, we'll save on Hamzad, and he certainly repaired a good chunk of the bad will with I'm the not performance. Sure he did. I'm not sure he did. All right, we'll get into that. But um, I, I can't. I really cannot believe this happened. I can't it believe it's among the most bizarre stretches we have ever you, seen in combat sports. Because in boxing, they would just cancel the card. Here's the thing that's about here's the thing about combat sports. You really got to understand when you when you're in it long enough. And if you're a fan, obviously, if you're a hardcore fan, and most of you watching certainly are. But the thing you got to remember is, and we, we feel this like acutely, especially when you're at an event. Like I was at the event where, Con- I mean, I wasn't there when Connor threw the dolly, but I was there. It was the Holloway Habib Media Day. I was there for that. I remember all of it. I remember when Habib had like, I remember I interviewed a Habib. He had fucking the worst cotton mouth I'd ever seen on a fighter. Next day, he can't fight Tony UFC 209. I mean, you see these things. But the point is this: whether it's in the fight or out of the fight, BC boxing or MMA. Dude, this is a sport where, like, the most insane shit happens yeah. regularly. So, like, you're asking me, is it a conspiracy? It's like, the conspiracies are hard to coordinate. I think the, the most likely explanation is this sport is fucking batshit, and batshit things are the norm, and you just kind of got to well, get used to it. I give credit, as you did, to all six fighters for being willing to make it happen. We've seen some discrepancy of Dana trying to claim that they didn't get paid bonuses to resign. Like, they didn't, they, they fought for the same money they signed up for. I don't think that's possible. To one, and what do you think about what um, Dana said in the post-fight pressure where people were asking him about the potential matchups they could have made once... Shemayev missed, and he was like, oh, they never would have made that because they were too far apart in weight, which was the exact far apart in weight that Lee Jian Leong yes. and, and D-Rod ended up being. So I don't feel like he was telling the truth, or he just doesn't know about wow, it. Wow, a promoter not telling the truth. That seems... Yeah. <laughs> that, I seems, saw, that seems so out of character. Did you see Ariel send Dana to hell on Twitter, too? No, Ariel was do? like, don't, don't, don't praise Dana as the hero. It's really Hunter Campbell that made this happen. I'm happy they made it happen. They saved the card. He's right. Yeah, but, Hunter Campbell's the guy who apparently engineered but, all of But that. we do, and we said it last week, Nate and Dana, very chummy. Maybe that's the best thing to do for business moving forward because they all want to revisit. To your point, we discussed this on Friday. Again, I've, I've spoken to some folks close to Nate Diaz the past week several times, and what they were telling me was that, like, you know, more recently, not quite sure how recent, but, you know, the, that's the way it was described to me, that there was a real thawing of the relationship between Nate Diaz and his camp and the UFC. To what you want to ascribe that, you, everyone can write their own uh, version of things there. But it does seem like, dude, they, yeah. and again, we talked about it on Friday, like how much of the Anderson Silva kind of like, hey, thanks for the ride, asshole, the exit's that way. You know, how much of that influenced what they did here. Also, very quickly, you brought it up on Twitter for the Hamza fight, but I also thought in the event with the, with the fight with Nate, Joe Rogan asked him about boxing. Joe Rogan asked him about the end of his contract. Shocked. I was shocked. And you might be like, well, that's what he's supposed to do. Yes, but dude, let's be real. The UFC likes to, you know, kind of censor the message sometimes. They don't want those things necessarily brought to the forefront. And Joe did it. I give Joe credit for that. That was nice. I give Joe credit a lot. I mean, there were times in the broadcast I thought they were ignoring it and just saying myriad of circumstances. But it, it was what it was in the end. But, you know, what a moment for Nate. What a moment after all the bad karma he's endured of the 
you know, of the shitty purses he fought for, of of maybe not getting the push he felt in certain moments he deserved, especially after the two McGregor fights and him sitting out three years. And now he was able to have this moment and walk away with his brand completely firm and be in a spot where he can literally go any direction he wants. And you don't have to take an L for that. No. I mean, that that's just a... I mean, when Nate Diaz headlined the, the pay-per-view against... Um, Masvidal for the fake belt. It was like, this is surreal. I can't even believe we're here. I can't even believe in 2022 it ended up Nate Diaz versus Tony Ferguson. They tried their best, but Luke, that was weird. That was a weird-ass fight. Um, yeah, before we get to the fight very quickly, let me ask one thing, a, a boxing comparison. Now, obviously, Canelo is in the prime of his career. Nate, I think, is at the prime of his earning potential, but as a fighter, I think he's past prime. Yes. I don't think that's crazy to say. Um, now, you remember what Canelo was doing? He fought briefly for Showtime when he uh, fought Caleb Plant. Now he was with his own before. He's back with his own. But he's shopping, right? I think after the Golovkin fight, I'm not sure how much he's got left with whatever that situation is. But because he had the Bivol fight. It was a two-fight deal, right? The Bivol fight and then the Triple G fight, right? I think so, yes. So, so in other words, the point is he's shopping around. When be- Before Canelo signed with Showtime, just as a put it that in a moment in time, how would you compare Nate Diaz's not earning potential, but is there any is there any relevancy in the comparison between what Canelo was trying, given he's a much more uh, vibrant and in his prime star, based uh, relative to what Nate is doing in terms of free agent potential? Not really, because Canelo got to a point where you know he's he's in that rear spot where he's the pound for pound king and the sport's biggest star without question at, at the moment, same yes. time. Yeah. Now look, Pacquiao and Mayweather still lingering. Could they be a bigger star in a certain fight? Of course, but you get the point in terms of active in their primes. Um, I mean, they're both at a point where they have the same level of control now. So that, I guess that's the only level of comparison, to see Nate be able to walk away like this and, and, and to have them not trash him on the way. I mean, it's so bizarre. I can't get past it, Luke. I can't get past it. And, and moves, shit moves quick in UFC. You get a really good card, you got a really good card two weeks later, right? I mean, you know, sometimes every weekend. I can't get past how weird this was, that I want to sit in the conspiracy puddle longer to just try to help it make sense. Because if it's not a conspiracy at the end of the day, I don't think it is. You don't see shit that weird. You also, the UFC, I mean, you have to remember, like, their market power and their contracts, they make the nimbleness with which they showed in the rearrangement, those conditions make it a little more possible, right? So you have to remember that as well. Like, um, yes, the fighters deserve an enormous amount of credit, as does Hunter Campbell in the UFC, all the people who played a role, but this larger consideration about the constricting nature of their employment also makes that possible as well. So there's, there's indeed, that thing. Indeed, indeed. Uh, real question, uh, last thing uh, I'd ask you. Diaz, biggest free agent MMA in MMA history. What do you think is the likely next path? Uh, I think, you know, we, we, we're on site here for the Jake Paul Anderson Silva boxing match, which I think in By this... By the way, Jake Paul, very complimentary about Nate. Absolutely. Very I think complimentary. He sh- I think he should be looking forward as that's his big money. For sure to get in Connor, and there's a great chance he'll never get a chance where the windows won't match up, depending on, uh, you know, Connor's UFC tr- contract situation. But Nate is the Super Bowl fight for him. Anderson Silva is the hardest fight he's had since, and we don't know if he's going to win it. I mean, I really am starting to fall deeper in love with this fight because I really don't know what it's going to look like. Is it win or lose that's going to decide whether he ends up getting Nate? Maybe. Or, or you know, if it, if it ends up being a loss for Jake, is it a really bad loss? Or is it enough to warrant a rematch with Anderson? All that's going to be determined in the ring when they fight. But where should Nate go next? I think the biggest money is in Jake Paul, and that should be the fight that he's waiting for. Um, he, you know, maybe Jake could fight him off a loss if that happened. Certainly with a win, it becomes a much bigger opportunity. We're not setting up for, like, Nate versus Anderson in a boxing match if things go a different way, right? 
Because you're like, here's what I, I want to spin it back on you. Boxing versus Jake is the most money and exposure he can make. He's talking about this is his halftime show and there's all this stuff. Maybe he's talking about the movie of his life and that kind of stuff. In terms of the next year, the biggest fights you can make, are we overlooking what it could mean if he went to a different MMA promotion and they tried to make the biggest fight available there? I say this, what if there's a, what if there's a reality in which Anderson wins this boxing match against Jake clear enough to not need to do Jake Diaz next? Could you do Anderson versus Jake in an... I mean, sorry, Anderson versus Nate in an MMA match on Bellator pay-per-view? Is that even a possible? Him in one championship against Eddie Alvarez? Is that even possible? Uh, he would never go to one. I don't Not even for stupid money in, a, in the U.S. debut of one championship on U.S. soil, Eddie versus Nate as a pay-per-view main event. You're telling me that all parties involved wouldn't jump on that? Okay, I'll put it as a po- under those circumstances, it's a possibility. Sure, I couldn't dismiss that. I mean, he's not going to enter the PFL playoffs tomorrow. No, not people, someone's going to ask me about if it could be in PFL. I'm like, their chance of locking up Nate, even if they put in significant financial offer, is zero. Although they are launching pay-per-view next year, so who yeah, knows? I mean, well, with who him, knows? But, um, Maybe he'll fight Kayla, who knows? <laughs> uh, uh, the point I'm trying to make is, I, I agree with you. I think that the all roads lead to Jake Paul. But a few things have to happen along the way. I do think that Nate versus Anderson is. I mean, there's a weight. There's a weighty issue there. It'd have to be like the Nick possible, versus Anderson fight. Yeah. You'd have to meet somewhere in that middle. Possible. Uh, well, I guess we'll have to see. Are you talking the, about boxing or MMA? With those uh, either. Okay. Either. Probably boxing. They'd make more money. You know. Uh, all right. With that in mind, though, I do want to focus the conversation now on Tony Ferguson. Point number two. So Tony now picks up his fifth loss in a row. I think he went from uh, all the way to 2013, or I think 2009 to, I saw a graphic from uh, MMA On Point, shouts to them. I think it was like 2009 to 2013, he was undefeated, and then since 2020, he's been 0-5. Um, okay, BC. Yeah, he had a 12-fight win streak in the deepest division at that point we'd and, ever and, seen and, in and, 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 and wins that I don't know if folks are going to appreciate, like, he did that to Barboza yes. when people basically didn't do that shit to Barboza. Absolutely. All right, but let me ask the question about this. I had... Ferguson up 29-28 heading into the fourth. Now, he was, the fight was stopped in the fourth, and I thought that Nate was clearly winning the fourth. So had it gone to a fifth, had it roughly stayed what it was, I would have had it tie. But I did see some people having Nate up potentially. Um, I wonder what your scorecard was, and the biggest question is, did Tony look bad or good? It was such a weird fight, to be honest, that I don't even, I don't think I was, no, I, was scoring, I was scoring it for CBS Sports HQ. Okay, I had it two to one. Tony at the time of the stoppage? That's how, that I, I had round one for Nate. I had the two subsequent rounds, I think, for Tony. Well, look, the whole point was it. that's among the weirdest fights we've seen, okay? With yeah. that, that whole breakdown in round three there was just weird. It, maybe it was Nate in the end just kind of buying time and, and, you know, getting a breather with the tricks. But how did Tony do? Better than I thought, meaning I thought even with the opponent change, it was going to be a first-round stoppage. I really don't have a big-time faith in Tony's, you know, chin and recuperative abilities at this point. I think he almost fought too good work for his own good, meaning this. The post-fed interview, he was all about saying, like, you know, I kind of proved that I'm back here. You know, I'm in a new division, and I proved that I'm back. Dude, I, I don't, I don't want to see Tony. I don't want to see him ring out what's left, Luke. I, I saw, you know, I, it was better than his recent slide, but you have to factor in the opponent change, and, you know, Nate's motivation changed significantly when this got switched around, and I give Tony credit for jumping up to a five-round fight, and, and he's always game. But, Luke... This didn't, like, buy him time in my eyes that we still need him to go out there against legitimate, tough-ranked guys because that version of the leech that we saw against D-Rod in that close fight, 
that guy stops Tony Ferguson in round one. Like, he, he, he stops him, Luke, okay? Um, I, how many more losses can, can we take, even if they're not devastating, like, to where you go, it's probably time. I think it's time right now, Luke. Hmm. It's tough after that performance to make this statement that it feels like it's time, but it's not going to get so any better. So you had him winning going into the... And I think he poured out what was left. And by the way, he came close to giving Nate a legitimate Gaethje one leg strike away from putting Habib in peril type of moment. He seemed like he got that close. It looked for a hot second like he might pull the upset. Tony, I give you all the credit for taking the fight and pouring it out. I don't think it ever gets better than that. I think that's the last stand is really what I'm saying. You know, so I, my initial post-fight reaction show, what I said was that I thought there were some durability issues for Tony. Folks forget that, like, yes, he had good cardio, he had good power. Dude, he had a rock chin in his prime. I mean, a fucking just steel jaw. Um, and it, it was weird. Like, you know, I, I know that there's this argument that Nate has deceptive power, which I believe. But, like, you could see Tony visibly wince in ways that I hadn't really seen him do that before. And also, you could just tell, like, the shots were taking some life out of him along the way. A lot of the viewers kind of came back at me saying, I actually disagree with you. I think that Tony looks a lot more done. Because I thought, like, you know, the leg kicking was pretty good. Um, he was overcommitting on the punches. But, like, you know, in general, he was showing a, a intentionality. But I think I went back and rewatched after hearing some of those comments. I think I'm a little bit more in agreement with you now that he, it, you know what he reminds me of? He reminds me of like Carlos Condit, like four like four fights after the Robbie Lawler fight, where yeah. it just was not the same. Uh, and the Gaethje fight, I remember in real time people were like, oh yeah, Tony really poured it out. Yeah, he did. He did. Now what? Now where are we? That was a beating he should not have taken. So if if his future is to only take like, let's be fair, like Clay Guida, Jim Miller type fights. Okay. That's probably okay. Okay. Actually. I mean, has he earned the right to like pour out what's left? I guess yes. I mean, but he, he was a company guy who never really got fully rewarded. I know he finally got to the title shot opportunity, the interim belt against Gaethje. Yeah. And, but he, we talked about this before. I think he used up every possible inch of what was left to get himself to that point while still on the win streak because the Habib thing wouldn't fall into place, but he turned around in a record time from that serious injury when he tripped over the cord. And he was just running on fumes for so long that there was going to be a break when it was mentally or physically or both. It was just going to all break down. Um, That guy's not coming back. And I think the best of him, look, in in Strange Time Saturday night, the best of him was, was, give him credit. But it was almost smoke and mirrors for him to pull that off, Luke. So I think you put him in there against a live body, you're going to get a bad ending. If you want to... Give him the soft legend ending and let him fight other legends and we'll just trot those fights out there and they're fun and they're nostalgic. That's great. Anything more than that, like that leech fight in hindsight, that would have been bad. Could have been. Could have been bad. Yeah, I think you're right. I think I think I I, I, I do want to be clear. Like there is something the idea that he doesn't have any place in the UFC doesn't seem right. Like, again, hold on. If he wanted to thread that Jim Miller needle. I think that's at least for one, two more, something like that. That seems okay to me. It's it's anything more prolonged than that is where I have the problem. In the in the you know the fallback response is he's got a style that's too dependent upon taking damage to get to to have success. Way and, too much damage. And he's not seeking damage. grounded. He's not going out of his way to take the fight to the ground, Luke. No. And against the the better guys, he's not going to be able to bring it there. So. I got, I got bad feelings, and I'm sick of having these bad feelings about veterans that I love, right? I had that feeling about Gustafson, you saw what happened, Luke. If I ever have that feeling about you, I'm going to tell you. That's great, dude. I'm glad you're here. Uh, okay, so with that in mind, be sizzle. 
Uh, let's talk now. I see you making just weird faces over here. All right, let's talk now about topic number three because you've been dying. You've been a- antsing the pants about this one. So Hamzat Shemaev in the co-main event at 180 pounds, it was a catch weight, just obliterates Kevin Holland. I mean, absolutely runs It, it was over. impressive as shit. You in have to single, say that. I, I saw this on uh, when I did the post-fight reaction, reaction show. So the fight was two minutes and 13 seconds long. And I think he had control time for like 152, 153 of it, like, or maybe more like 156. Some kind of absurd, I mean, like for basically the, the entirety of the bout, he had command of it. Okay, BC, your reaction. We said on Friday, after we found out in real time that he was not going to make weight and that it could potentially be disastrous, and it was. I mean, look, I know Conor McGregor was talking shit that he shouldn't have been in the card. I'm not even sure he should have been in the card. He got lucky that there were other guys who had to make a different weight in my eyes that that sort of you know I know Kevin Holland didn't sign up for some um catch weight it wasn't like the Daniel Rodriguez situation but at least Holland Holland I mean we gotta give Holland a lot of credit whether it was smart in the end or not it seems like he got a payday and he just went all in and said all right let's do this um, he calls himself the, the the you know the the new cowboy in that regard but we said the way that you can re- take a large chunk of that rightful criticism that he's facing and all the questions without answers that we had suddenly of, if this guy's the next big thing, how could you have this type of PR disaster at this moment? This is, the, this, is your, this is your showcase to the world of the people that aren't following MMA, right? Of this next big thing coming, and, and you fucking blew it. That was best case scenario in the cage to, like, to tell a lot of us to shut the fuck up. It's still, it's still messy, the cleanup here, the cleanup of the reputation of having had this happen. But it's a, soft, it's a softer cleanup because the fans wanted Nate versus Tony. The fans weren't like, oh, shit, man, I wanted Nate versus Hamza. Not a, not a single person said that, right? Not a single no. person were like, no, man, I needed to see Nate get beat up, right? No, that wasn't the case. So Hamza actually had the best case scenario in terms of a performance. Going out there, leaning on his strengths and reminding you that at his peak... I mean, could you sell him to friends, to casual friends, as like a Habib who also goes out of his way to try to, try to finish it with strikes? I mean, he looked as freaking Dude, you know nasty ama- and scary as possible yeah. in that two minutes something seconds. Two minutes 13. You know what's amazing about him, dude? Is like when you think about MMA, like obviously crazy things happen. Like, you know, Jose Aldo gets knocked out in nine seconds and, and people get taken down and slammed and crazy things happen. But like the reality is we're talking about very tough guys, highly trained. Hamzat's ability to just overrun the resistance of his opponents is unlike anything I've ever seen. Like, Francis has uh, the big knockout power. But I mean, like, by putting his hands on people and then manipulating them, he overruns their resistance like it doesn't exist. And gets there faster than Habib. Now, I'm not going to compare who he's fought. Habib was on a run of fighting all killers. So maybe when Hamzat is fighting only top five guys, there's going to be more resistance. But he gets there faster. You know what I mean? Habib's like a slow grind to just take away your will and your positioning and your time on the yeah. bottom. I mean, he's just pulling, you know, eating at your soul. Dude, Hamzat goes there quick. I mean, he picked up the leech and went over and slammed him right where Dana was sitting on purpose. I mean, the fact that that even happened is blowing my mind. So he is, seems to be next-level nasty in terms of he makes the decision to dominate you and you're fucking dominated. Mm-hmm. So in that regard, did he repair a lot? Yeah, long term, I don't have like. Fear I saw. Let me, of, let me ask you about this because I saw this a lot. How much of what do you say to the folks who are like, he beat Kevin Holland, big deal? That's what I got. Oh no, of. Kevin Holland was riding a win streak, had been reinvented at this weight class, and considering he had no time to prepare for him, and I think rightfully so, Chimaev was suddenly labeled as a villain. Dude, this is not an easy fight, and he went out there and look. And even if he had 
leaned on his strengths and beat, and it took him three and a half rounds to beat Holland. Then maybe you go, okay, no, Luke, he beat him basically instantly. So I actually think, Luke, again, you're, it's going to take a while to repair. And he's, by the way, he's going full on into the heel turn now. And I want to get into that in terms of how he's presenting himself. But I think the performance was so good, it not only took away, you know, me criticizing him. Because I tweeted out after he missed weight. I think rightfully so. Dude, we got a lot of questions now about who he really is underneath there. Mm-hmm. Can he hold up to the mental stress of it? All of that. Well, that performance told me to shut up. You know what the performance also did? Told me to stop saying that the Gilbert Burns fight potentially exposed or humanized him. I, I mean this. I believe Hamzat when he says, I went into that fight looking to brawl and not listen to my coaches because I wanted to prove a point. Gilbert gave him a balls-out performance. Chimaev gets the close victory. Luke, the way he dominated Holland, I'm not saying he could dominate Gilbert Burns in two minutes if he really wanted to. I think if we, we have to revisit that fight with different eyes and just say... And what do you mean? I mean, like, Gilbert's a skilled operator. Like Hamzat's intention was completely different in that fight. His intention was to stand with this... With this high-ranked train killer, right? But I mean, that's, yes, he was. Yes, that's right. But dude, that's not a smart way to fight. Like you can get away with that. Oh, when right. You're so that's what I'm saying. This performance against Holland, even though I don't think Holland is better than Gilbert Burns, did enough to make me not criticize that performance over Gilbert Burns. I actually believe Hamzat when he fought, you know, a risky, unsafe style on purpose. When you see his ability, and I know Holland's takedown defense is not his biggest strength. He's a black belt under Travis fucking Luter. Dude, it was with ease that he dominated them. I mean, with ease. I feel like if they ran back a Gilbert Burns rematch tomorrow and Hamzat brought in the different mindset and had something to prove in the same way that he now had a lot to prove on Saturday after the weigh-in mishap, dude, he might be better than I thought he was. Hmm. And I thought he was great. Okay, yeah, yeah. he might in the long term be better than I thought he was. You didn't? Do you get that? You don't get. To, I, I'm feeling like I want to revise history now and go back. I'm, I am. The only thing I would say is I think that his ceiling, provided he can make the weight, is going to be higher at welterweight than it is okay. at middleweight. Which isn't to say he couldn't do well at middleweight. God only knows he might be able to. Uh, but I think for his career to really reach potential. He's got to be able to consistently make welterweight. And if this coach is right that his body is now screwed up for whatever reason. That does change the equation. It changes we're talking the equation about a only bit. as a middleweight title contender, it, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't kill your your belief that he can win a world title. It does slow it down. For all the people that he's shitting on in the interviews, and, and you know, I mean he cut monster heel turn type promos, right? Of just being like, you know, I fuck all your guys, I fuck all your boys, I think is what he said. That was that was interesting. But he's um fucked all the boys. He has. Um but you know, it's like is this a, a heel turn out of embarrassment from the criticism he's facing for an unprofessional moment on Friday? Or is this him just saying, fuck it, I'm just going to be me, and this is who I am? Because Chechina, motherfucker, was what came out of his mouth, Luke. And You know what? I think it's a little column A, column B. I think there is a little bit of like, fuck you, you don't know me. But the other part is if I, you know, I, I, having covered fighters for 15 years, you, you would not lose money betting on their sensitivity. Is it, is he, can he go further commercially as a, uh, I know you hate this question, but as a baby face or a heel in terms of his, in terms of his casual, you know, presentation to the so, mainstream? So we can talk about it now. Here's what's interesting. I think the only fight that makes sense for him at this point, if you just look, look at the rankings and then just think about viably who can do it. Dude, the, I think you would agree. The only people at welterweight who are going to give this guy problems are the, the very best. Usman? The Usman. Um, you know, I think we'll talk about it. Colby. Maybe Leon. I think Leon might get chewed up by a guy like that. But the cut fight could what go. What about long. those hammers that are coming? Well, okay, but they're still. Brady still has some work to do. Rachmanov still has some work to do. I'm talking about the guys who are currently in that upper space. 
Gilbert, I thought, gave him a good test. Some people think Gilbert won, by the way. I should point that no, out. I think we should revisit that in the future more so, often. But the point being is only those Gilbert Burns guys. Yeah. Those are the only ones. And if you just look at it, Hamzat, excuse me, Leon has unfinished business now with Usman. They're going to fight a third time in England. We're all on board with that. Uh, a camera guys, they're just going to, they're just going to have. This guy's like. I mean, they're just going to have a, a, a little show behind us here. It's going to be great. Anyway, but beyond that. Do you that, think they're talking about my gut? <laughs> but beyond that, uh, beyond that, so that only leaves really Colby. You could have said he could fight Burns at that upper level, but Burns, they I already like this fought. topic. You want to know why? So, hold on. So, if he fights Colby, to answer your question, who is the good I know. guy? Does there? he make Colby now the American babyface against the, you know, foreign Russian, you know, movie villain? That's why I'm wondering. I'm wondering if it's marketably stronger for Hamza to just stay in this mode of like, Fuck you, right? You know, like I'm. You know, you don't know me. You're, you're never gonna know me. It probably is. I wonder if it turned Colby babyface. But in the same topic of is Colby Covington the next the, the fight you go to next? Because if people ask me that on HQ on Saturday night, Hakeem did Hakeem Dermish shout out, right? I love Hakeem. Shout out Hakeem Dermish. Are you listening right now in your car, Hakeem? Shout out. Um, you know, I mean, what did he ask me? That's really the question. <laughs> <laughs> I got it. Um, what? So if Colby is... To be or not to because be. Because my reaction in real time was, you know what? The UFC doesn't, like, hold grudges all the time. Like, meaning, Conor McGregor threw a dolly through a window and, and nearly injured his, you know, co-workers, right? He put glass in people's eyes. Shout out to Ray Borg. Scared the shit out of Ioana. And his reward was, here's a A-side starring role in the biggest pay-per-view fight in the history of the sport. So Luke, under how UFC does things, what's the next fight, best fight for, for uh, Chimaev next? The winner of Leon versus Usman 3. Like, he's so good and he just showed you that again against Holland that I don't think he has to do anything but, but pass go and get ready for the title shot. But your idea of Colby is not only interesting style-wise, not only does it make sense personality-wise as a pay-per-view main event, I think it does, but Luke, is there a receipt, a punishment that Hamzat's going to have to face for what happened behind the scenes when talking to Hunter Campbell and Dana White? So... Because that's not the fights that they wanted to put out on Saturday. I don't think so. Now, what they may do is restrict whatever weight class he competes in. That might be possible because what they don't want is you showing up on fight week unable to make your contracted weight. But I actually asked this on Twitter on, I think, Saturday afternoon. I was like, when was the last time the UFC punished one of their own guys? And the answer was, oh, they cut Luis Pena for the, um, the domestic violence allegations. Yes. And the charges, actually. We, he was charged. But the Miguel point, Torres got let go, too. Okay, but that's those. a long time ago. My point being is, right, but they let him go. They let Pena go. John Jones never gets any punishment. This is my point. Internally, who was a somebody that they find or punish that they wanted to keep on the roster. That's what I'm talking about. And the answer is I can't really remember the last. I mean, they find Nate Diaz in like 2015 or 2014 for language. There's probably been a couple ones since then. Well, you know, but when, to a, when question, Amanda couldn't are they make... Do, are they going to do anything to Hamza? They're not going to do shit. When Amanda shit. couldn't make weight against Valentina, the first time they tried the rematch, Dana said she'd never headline a card again. That right. didn't hold up. Well, they really, they really so Dana's becoming that parent like you are probably, Luke, where you're just like, I'm going to tell you what not to do, but I don't care if you do it. Only when I'm tired. I mean, she's so cute. How could, yeah, you, it's hard how to could say, you tell off? Hard to say no to be Okay, so there's probably a soft punishment or toll he'll have to pay, right? Again, Meaning, I think they're going to have to... His weight thing is the only factor here that matters. Can you make Walter weight consistently? I guess, end, of, end of story. Okay, so my question would have been to you, is he so great, and the Holland fight only further embellished that, that the only fight is a title fight in some form? And 
how much more do we have to learn about his ability? I guess a lot because he's just steamrolling. So this is what I said on right? Friday. This is what I said on Saturday night. Tell me if you agree. Now Francis has that d- dim mock one punch insane power. But again, in terms of a guy who can just fucking bend steel, in terms of a guy whose first-round ability to just manhandle guys, Hamza Chumayev is your best first-round fighter in MMA. Like, the way he just bulldozes resistance is unheard of. A guy like that is tough up front. But how he looks later in fights, to me, remains a question. This is why you need someone like a Colby or a Gilbert, someone who, at least in the case of Colby, we don't know, but we think could stand up to that resistance and then try the fight later. I do wonder what it looks like when he's in the fourth and fifth round versus the first and second. It's interesting. First and second, he's untouchable. So in the long run, could this, if this leads to a slower string of matchmaking, I mean, I was trying to argue that he's so great, you put him in the title shot now no matter what, even if he did miss weight. Maybe it's better for him that he gets these tests before the title level in the long run. So maybe a Colby fight, which they can use his brand, which is hot right now and has not faltered, it seemed, even with the egregious weight miss, um, I mean, that's a pay-per-view main event, is it not? So here's is the thing. Colby you say, you versus, say, yes or no? Colby versus Hamza is a pay-per-view main event. It could be. Hell could yeah, be. it is. But you, you're making a claim that he, uh, he repaired as much as he could. I thought that that was true, but we've been off in terms of the reading relative to the fan base about Hamzat. They were loving him before the Gilbert Burns fight, and then afterwards they're like, oh, he's not as good as I thought he was. I'm like, are you fucking high? Like, <laughs> but then that's where they were, and now everything has kind of gone even worse. They're like, oh, and he can't make weight. He's a dirtbag. He's unprofessional. I never want to see him again. I don't believe that last part. And we're kind of like, wow, he really redeemed himself. In the actual, if you actually pulled MMA fans, did he redeem himself? I wonder about that. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a big sin he, he committed. I mean, that's a, I still don't understand it. It's a big sin yeah. he committed. Tried his best to clean it up. He may be better off long run as a heel, as I mentioned. Um, but let's be honest about this. Tyson Fury can't travel to the States right now because of his affiliation with Daniel Kinahan. Mm-hmm. The more Hamzat rises in the public eye, and this weekend, you know, even though it didn't go perfect, he rose in the public eye in terms of exposure. And his, now you know his name if you didn't. When is potentially the, the Ramzan Kadyrov stuff going to catch up with him in some form? Or, or are we harping on something that, I mean, it's fights. It shouldn't matter. How, what, what is our role in this? Uh, to tell the audience about his affiliations, because he has an affiliation, a seemingly a very direct one, with a murderous dictator and tyrant who is forbidden from doing business with people in the United States. And you see the celebration videos that, that Ramzan and his team put out after the win? Yeah, I'm sure they, they did. So, like, again, the, the question is, like, is he forced into these relationships? Like, one never knows. There's always a degree of ambiguity, but... Um, audience gets to decide for themselves whether they care. However, the U.S. government might decide for themselves that they have something to say about that and then restrict anyone's business to have any kind of relationship and then do business here as well. Like, it took a while for the MTK thing to finally catch up to Tyson yeah. Fury, but it did, so well, we'll see. Well, UFC's got Fight Island. They can put any fight They can just now. go wherever they want. Maybe yeah. we'll get UFC Fight Night Chechnya. I doubt that. I doubt okay. that. Okay. But one never knows. One never knows. Um, well, this hammer is here, Luke. Um, you need a bag of hammers. That the Malka crew just carries around for yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, is there any fight that's not the title or Colby that makes sense? And, and if it, there is, it's going to play up. Only 185. They're going to play up to our fear of whether he can actually make it. How, do they, how are they going to be sure? You know, this, so he's going to have to make 170 in a non-title fight next to give them the confidence to place him against That's why the Colby fight's important because it gives him the allowance to make 171. 
Gives him just a little bit of room to play with. I want to see how great he can be on the title level at 170 before I'm ready to flip the script. And I think he's the same because they did ask him, you know, do you want Robert Whitaker? And did you hear his response? It kind of surprised me. He really likes Robert Whitaker. That he talked up Whitaker. He's like, I'd rather train with him because he's a good good guy unlike all these bad guys they want me to fight. Um, That was a little weird that he bent the knee so quickly, right? Well, Robert Whitaker is a fighter that people like. He a is, living legend. Yeah, he is extremely say. good. Um, he is a great, very great fighter, and uh, I understand that reverence. Actually, that to me, that was, but uh, I, I, I felt that a little bit. I, I responded to it. I thought that was a nice little sentiment from him. You think Dana's upset at him? I'm sure Dana is fucking pissed that, like, dude, this is what you, you're, you and Hamza are the same. Like, when we're having conversations, we'll be like, "Yo, man, I really like green apple. You know, that's my favorite kind of apple." He'd be like, "Yo." <laughs> Uh, I'm high off Delta 8s and I, let me, let me tell you about this Instagram feed I'm following on OnlyPipes or whatever the fuck you're doing. And we're like, oh, we just met this person, why would you say this? You like to roll the grenade in. Hamzat rolled the grenade into UFC 279 fight week. He just rolled the fucking grenade and blew up everything. I guess in that sense, Dana's pissed. But like, beyond that, I don't, I, I don't know. I doubt it. I really okay. doubt it. There you go. I gotta um, hit the head really bad. I gotta take a whiz. I... We, we have more show. Okay. Maybe you can, like, you know, song and dance. Like, Just go, man. Just go on yourself. Like right now? Yeah, just, just pee. Just, just pee. Know. All right. Uh, do you want, actually, do you want to go? I have to piss too, but that makes me. I, I mean, what if what if we get the crew in here to just you know? Dude, da, da, ba, there is, ba, ba, there is, there is no podcast where two guys in their forties like I have to pee. All right, do oh, you think Gaff could turn off my mic? Or we're gonna have a naked gun moment. I think we should hear you fart in the urinal. That's really what <laughs> yeah, I want. Right, all right, oh all right, God! All right, or just you, know, you can just walk in front of the cameras like a fucking oaf that you are. Hurry up, please. Why are you walking? Run. Uh, all right, so let's start the next one here just a little bit. Um, topic number four, we'll do it as BC rolls in, we'll come back to them. So then we had the Daniel Rodriguez versus Li Jing Lang fight. Let me pull up the stats from this if I can. Oh, last thing on this, very quickly, last thing on this, for the Chimaev and Holland fight. I had said this on uh, the Saturday reaction show very quickly, very quickly, which was that uh, he had blanked him in the stat sheets that Holland didn't have any offense that was measurable. He had no takedowns, no significant strikes, no punches, no, nothing. There was a, a, it was a zero across the board. And I had someone write back to me saying that wasn't impressive. Folks, okay, you're allowed to make any determination you want about how significant it is that Chimaev beat an opponent of the quality of Kevin Holland. I actually think Kevin Holland's a very good fighter. It's a very quality win. It's not a championship level win, but it's a very good win. Nevertheless, I look at stat sheets all day, every day in MMA, particularly from fight metric. You can, I think there's less than 10 total ever um, since they've been measuring it where you have, I, I, you can double check that, but the number of times that you can walk up on a stat sheet where someone blanked the other opponent, which I think they call being punked, um, is extremely limited in number. So to do that as effortlessly as he did in that you know, late switch opponent case with an opponent who was not smaller than him, just to be very clear, that is very, very impressive. Okay, moving on to the Daniel Rodriguez and Li Jiang Lang fight. The question I want to ask BC, and we will when he sits down, is like major takeaways, how did you score it? Dana, the USU president, afterwards seemed to be very surprised. He thought that Lee had won outright. Here comes uh, Piss McGee. BC, we're talking about the uh, D-Rod and Li Jiang Lang fight. Went, yeah, walk in front of that camera. Just yeah. do your thing, player. And what we were talking about was, you know how... Uh, oh, yeah. Dana, Dana was like, oh, man, I can't believe that this thing was even close. I can't believe it was even a split decision. How did you score the fight? Any major takeaways from it? Uh, I scored it two rounds to one for the leech. I, dude, he was in insane shape. I really liked the, the setups to get his offense off. Look, the fainting, the athletic sort of switching and stances. I mean, he looked 
like a new fighter. We know he bought a suit that he was unfortunately unable to show off on Thursday. And I think that, you know, was it a robbery? No, because it was a close fight. What surprised us the most, Luke, tell me if I'm wrong, was that this fight was a striking match fought at distance somewhat conservatively. This is, the, this is the, the bad side of let's just take two awesome guys last minute and match them up. Not a lot of time to prepare. The fight meant a lot to both of them. Their current arcs, D-Rod coming off that long layoff, but yet, you know, really starting to put it together. I, dude, I know D-Rod would never admit this. Didn't it look like he thought he lost as they were about to read his name? Didn't it look like he kind of thought he lost? Like he was reserved to that? He was just sort of like, yeah, all right. And then he's like, oh, shit. I mean, I could be way off. And, and you know, I'm a huge fan of the guy. But I thought, what would I give rounds two and three to the Leech? So the judges, did you see the judges, the judges' scorecard on this? Yes. So none of the judges agreed on a single round. They all had different. There was no round where they all thought one fighter won. Well, look, one all nine. the rounds were close. I think it was the first one where I thought D-Rod definitely, because he was landing those, those punches as, as the leech was kind of turning his back just a little bit too much, exiting out. He kind of got caught with a couple there. But overall, he was the guy pushing the pace, getting off the leg strikes. I thought really... D-Rod's jab was pretty good. It was kind of making it uncomfortable for D-Rod. Now, he would work his way back in with the jab. In the end, it was kind of inconclusive, I guess, in some regard, in terms of who, like, dramatically, you know, proved that they won it. But I thought it was a larger step forward in his performance for the leech, right? Like, D-Rod fought a little bit under your expectation level for this. Meaning, I thought D-Rod was going to go in there, mix it up, and kind of win or lose in a shootout. Instead, it was sort of a distance kind of technical yes. fight. And it's not that D-Rod isn't technically strong. He's, a, he's one of my favorite strikers for that reason. But I don't feel like he gave the best performance of himself. He didn't let, let it go enough, Luke, in that regard. Where I thought the leech showed us a new, a little bit of a new side, Luke. A little bit more thought and planning in the setup of his strikes. Okay, so let me just read you the, react, the uh, numeric totals, yes. whatever that is worth. Not qualitative, just numeric. Now, who's counting these, though? Fight metric. So Richard Mann. Uh, there's a lot of guys they have. You know, stuff. I used to. Re- uh, one of my good friends is one of the guys who does it. They're very good at their job. When I was an editor at ESPN, I used to edit Richard Mann's stories. They yeah. had like a fight metric deal. You know? So this is we'll go, go Leech Rodriguez. Do you think they've ever called Let me him finish. Dick, Leech Dick Rodriguez. Boy? Leech Rodriguez is the order here. Round one, 27 to 20. Okay. Round two, 24 to 34. Round three, 27 to 34. That second round is, is that's a big. That's, that's, that's the, a big that's gap. the round. Yeah. Uh, Alan Joban tweeted me saying he thought that the second round was the swing round. Yeah, I mean, you listen, again, it's close enough, and it's close enough statistically where it, it, by far not a robbery, but, you know, I felt my eyes thought that, you know, maybe Leach just won me over more in the moment, Luke, you know? And I think that even though this goes down as a loss split decision, he's coming on. The Leach is coming on. I think he's going to figure it out. Okay. I think we have not seen the best of him yet. I think that this performance doesn't really hurt his stock too much. Agreed? I think it helps. Um, I don't know if it had... You didn't see the, the advancements in his game that I saw? I didn't see it as any kind of quantum leap. Oh, wow, a Scott Balkula reference? <laughs> that show was awesome for it a while. It was pretty good, it was pretty good. I said, y'all could just go fucking anywhere, anytime, like anytime, and he did. Um, yeah, I thought it was a, I thought Leach did the best he could. The fact that he got booed. By the way, the UFC fans, I will say this is kind of funny, booing the Queen of England. Did you see that? Yes, I did. They put up a graphic, and then Adam Hill of the, the Review Journal was saying that the crowd and the attendance booed the Queen of England. I was like, wow. I'm not sure what I was expecting, but that does seem to check out for an MMA event. Oh, I don't know if there's a place in this show where we can talk about Jailton Almeida. Um, do I have to talk about that on extra credit? Yeah, I think you do. I think oh, you do. Wow, that's really good, right? He, he is... Yeah, he's a he's fucking he's a he's and a he horse. seems to want it. He wants like he wants to beat you and take your girl. Like he seems like that kind of guy. You know? Yeah, he's vicious. He's vicious. There he is. Look look at him. 
I mean, this. I mean, he's fighting, and he fought some dude with the best nickname ever. What was it like? I, I pleasure myself. The pleasure man. Yeah, I mean, that was pretty good, right? That was a pretty good nickname. Yeah, it's not bad. You think we'll ever see that guy again in the cage? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he trains at MMA All Stars, I believe, uh, and he was on Contender Series. I mean, uh, is 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 this guy a legit long term heavyweight threat? Jerry Olton? Yeah. People don't have jujitsu in the heavyweight division like not this like anymore. that. Yeah, he's you know? um, in that sense he is unique. He's obviously fucking like just. You could sell, see my man is well muscled as well. Seems like he has good good frame. I don't know. I don't know. The answer is I don't know. Okay. But um, he has unusual submission ability for the weight class he's in. Do you yes. think if if he was willing to be honest about it, he would answer truthfully that although Little Nog had a very impressive career, he rode the coattails of his brother for the large part and is probably not elite in the long run. Look at your stupid face. Your face is so stupid. Uh, okay, let's get to this here, because that's why we're here, BC. Yeah. Point number five, Jake Paul, Anderson Silva presser reaction. All right, so you hosted the stream today. I was there with you. We sat with, uh, you can see the picture there. It was Jake and Logan uh, just taking pictures, like, you know, it was the only, they were the only guys in the room. Yo, Grandma Habib hijacked that presentation. She kind of did. She kind of did. She but shot I mean, her she shot, did. right? She did. You know, that's what she does. It's fine. Uh, what did you make of what happened there today? Well, it was a little bit weird. I thought it was entertaining. I, I really liked the developing bromance between Anderson Silva and Chael Sonnen. It's and bizarre, huh? By the way, we had Chael Sonnen in this very room on a room service diaries that's going to come out later this week, and Chael's great, obviously. Mm -hmm. But Chael had told us beforehand, he's like, well, actually, I haven't really seen Anderson since the second fight. I have no idea how we're going to be. Um, I like a lot of that. I didn't mind the overall sort of respect that was shown around. It was a little bit refreshing, maybe because there was some edgy jokes thrown in there where, you know, Jake's willing to show respect to the legend Anderson, but still also saying, I'm coming in there and knock him out. Um, this is a, uh, it's going to be a great fight because you don't know. You really don't know what it's going to look like. You nope. really don't know. I think the boxing world, we've talked about this before, is severely overrating Anderson just by not... Oh, under. Underrating, just by the ignorance of not having seen the, the totality of his recent change into boxing. And I think, look, Jake's consistently overcome people's low expectations for him because he is an actor, YouTuber, you know, playing boxing, only he's not playing it. He's taking it very serious. This would be a win that he gets a certain level of critical respect that he has lacked. I think it's going to be a competitive fight regardless of who wins, meaning whoever does win is going to have to fight for it. It's going to have to, going to, have to show it. And I think, Luke, in the long run, do, do people want to see Jake beat a real boxer? Absolutely. And he tried. He tried with Rock, Rockman and Fury. And remember, it's a six-pro fight. But, you know, if he beats a guy with this level of experience, skills, class, um, and has to do it in a real fight where he has to show a real backbone. Okay, he got cut against Woodley in the first fight, and he rebounded, getting knocked into the ropes. Could have been a knockdown. Jake rebounded well from that. But this may be the type of fight that calls for a different level, like fighting your way out, like throwing the type of volume he hasn't had to throw in an eight-round fight yet. There, there's a lot of ways I think Jake, uh, win or lose, can come out here and, and, and really win people's uh, respect, if you will. Um, has he improved enough to beat Anderson? I don't know. I don't know, man. I think the odds makers kind of have it right early on with Anderson as a small but clear favorite. But I like the hill that Jake is trying to climb here. I respect that, he's, that he made this fight. And I think that on, you know, he's given us highlights, but we haven't seen yet a great fight from start to finish that gets you fired up and wants you to see more. I think win or lose for Jake, this will be that fight. Because... Anderson's not going anywhere. He's going to be there. He's the same size. And 
I think that this weird pressure got me more excited for the fight when I saw them standing close. You see the height advantage on Anderson. You see physically that he's no slouch. Tyron Woodley came in two, two weight classes under him in yeah. terms of natural weight. Yeah. This is going to be different than that. I'm excited. I'll tell you what was interesting. So uh, a little bit of a, a teaser for our interview with Chael Sonnen. One thing we asked him was if he had like advice to give. Obviously, you know, Chael fought him in MMA. This is boxing. This is different. But if you had any advice on what you learned about Anderson Silva, what would you give to Jake? And his answer was to engage. You can't sit back and just kind of, um, you know. Let bear, him pick bear, you apart. Let him right? pick you apart or play his games or fall into any of his traps. you got to take the fight to him. You really have to do that the entire time. And then when we asked Jake what the game plan was, I think you asked him, or, you know, what's the, what's, how do you beat Anderson Silva? His answer was um, volume was part of what we said. i got to tell you, though, that makes me nervous. And the reason why is that I think that Chael is correct, and I think that, that, that Jake is correct, that that's the right game plan. If you're not skilled enough to pull off that game plan, you are going to leave a shit ton of openings. The way to limit your vulnerabilities when you're relatively new is to be very selective about your offense. Which Woodley did. That was, Woodley got the best out of himself. He like we that was all he, yeah, that was for not what, throwing enough. Right. I think he managed his gas tank. He knew how much he had. And he tried his best and to his find mi- the And one his mindset shot. was, let me protect myself first and then throw offense yeah. second. And that wasn't crowd-pleasing, but it got him two fights. Eventually got him knocked out, but still, it got him pretty far. Um, you know, I, this, if, if Jake is who he says he is, then he's got the right idea. If he's not, he is going to have a bad day and on that's October why 29th. I keep bringing up the idea that I think this will be a real fight, meaning back-and-forth action. Because I don't think Jake is experienced enough yet to do what you would say the younger man should do. Ride that jab, try to win rounds on volume, obviously try to discipline and hurt, you know, Silva. But Luke, Chavez Jr., for whatever was left of Chavez Jr. in that fight against Anderson Silva, he came in there, you could see it physically, he came in there with the idea that I'm gonna do what I do, I'm just gonna go to the body and overwhelm Anderson and and try to expose his age. Well, what happened? Anderson hit him with the type of shots he didn't see coming, where even Chavez Jr. was like, oh shit, I, I can't advance on this guy. Like, he's too, you know, he's coiled up like a cobra ready to strike. Jake's going to get to a point, I think, where he's going to feel that first response, how quick Anderson still is, how he's able to creatively counter. And I think for him to win it, he's going to have to go in there and, and, and out-battle him. Mm. And that's going to be... Uh, it's going, to be a, it's going to be a tough night at the office. I mean, either way. And I think that you're, it's going to produce action because, you know, if the plan A is to outbox him, I think Anderson's going to be a little bit better than he thinks. But is Jake big enough, young enough, and ballsy enough to try to outfight Anderson? I think that's going to be the, where, the, where the true level of entertainment is in there, and it's going to be Jake's greatest chance to win over the, the detractors that he still has. You know? mm, interesting. Um, we talked to Anderson. The video should be up on Morning Combat. Boy, he seemed to be... Is he the nicest man of all time? Jesus Christ, for a guy who has absolutely ripped people's faces off for the last 20 years, he seems to be a very nice yeah. man. And I didn't bring up the time, you know, over email that his people propositioned me. I didn't bring that up, you know. Yeah, you were, uh, like, you, you really yeah. bitched out there, man. I will say, though, that Anderson's people sent me um, hair gel and, you know, tight dress shirts and tight t-shirts after that. Did you ever wear them? No, because they were, like, two sizes too small. What about the hair gel? I used it until TSA took it away from me um, in Puerto Rico. What's the hair dye job we're looking at here? What do, what do we think? I didn't dye it this time. Should I have, Luke? I probably All right, so BC, uh, also real quickly with the audience here. You I know got... what I did is I, I trimmed up the grays, Luke. I, you know, I, got a, I gave myself a fade. Okay. It's like a self-fade. Yeah, it's just a bad fade. I mean, but it looks less gray, right? Did I look... I mean, I think ultimately, if you asked Julia Rose why did she click back and follow me, why, why, like, why go to that extreme? <laughs> is, it, is, it because... is it because she wants to bang you, BC? Is that it? I'm not, that is not a narrative I am presenting. Although, did you see Tyreek Hill uh, slid in her DM six days you ago? You told me about it. Jake had to call him out for that. 
Um, That's funny. That's funny. Yeah, you know, I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to run up on Jake like that. Anderson might have might have tried to run listen, up on my marriage. You know, listen, with you're that, charismatic. With that, That's why I follow you. You know, you're a dirtbag, but you're charismatic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a good way to say it. So listen, let's grade it. BC, I, I texted you about this. I went to a new place I got my haircut in D.C. It was the cheapest place I could find. All right, let's, uh, go, let's go over this haircut. $60, grade my haircut. Okay, it is a good haircut. You won't be able to tell that by the lighting in the studio? Yeah, I, I, mean, the li- I mean, we're in, the, this is like somebody who does S&M's dungeon. This yeah. is, <laughs> is that why you had the thing in your mouth before? You were just, the yeah. thing in my mouth. Pulpit. <laughs> Pulp Fiction. Oh, the bulb? Yeah, the yeah, yeah, yeah. You were like all bent over, and I was just like... Are you referring to me as the gimp? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. What was the topic we were talking about? Uh, my haircut. Oh, okay. Rate my $60 um, haircut. All right, it is a... It is a it's, it's, it's good. What is there a middle ground between good and very good? Like, you know, it's like pink and no pink. Like medium a six well. or a seven? Like, it's pretty good, but, it, dude, there's, it's not even, like, remotely worth $60. But again, and dude, I know you didn't, not, get, you didn't get massages. For, you're, paying you didn't get, fucking, you're paying for the fucking rent of the place, of the owner. Okay, they have those type of barbershops in Connecticut, too. Dude, where, where oh, hold you on, live, hold on. Like, there's one... You, you, you don't live anywhere where that shit there's is There's one in problem. downtown Hartford. They have like Downtown these, Hartford is okay, feces. Hear me, hear me out. It is. It is. But they've got these side streets that are, like, brick, and it's, like, all classy. they got a keg in there, and it's all, like, a classy... Dude, dude they Hartford, charge... Hartford is good for urban blight and stabbing. Charge like thirty bucks for a haircut there, but you get like a, a you know you got a keg cup and a, and a draft. There's nudie magazine. Like it's it, there's pool tables. It sounds in the back. like a really classic. So it's like, my point is it's like a men's club. So you're paying that thirty bucks, knowing hey I'm gonna spend two hours here, have a drink, chasing the muff around. You know what I mean? Like, you know, there's a little, little Daisy confused oh reference God. right there. Oh my Love God, who are you? But Luke, who here's the you? deal. If I want that, would I pay thirty? Okay, I mean I paid. You know. With a tip, I pay thirty-one, but I get the massage, I get everything. Dude, you got nothing for that sixty. Like I it's got good, nothing. but that's not a hard haircut. That's not a hard one. You you barely, you don't even have a blended fade or anything. I mean, a little bit. It's, it's a little blended. It's a little. It, the problem is my hair color is. So why don't you take that sixty and apply it to having them color it? Courtney, you're the only. I think you're the only woman in the room. Rate my haircut one to ten. Especially now, remember it's, it was no, a sixty dollars haircut. Put some respect on Carly's name. Sixty dollars haircut. I didn't see Carly back there. I can't. I can't see anything past five feet. Seven and a half? All right. All right. I can live with that. But 60 bucks, like, I mean, I've been to D.C., bro. They took a lot from me. Yeah, they do. You they, know, they, the only they thing they give you. you is the service workers give you a lot of grief. <laughs> well, dude, you have, you try to have unsolicited conversations with the service workers. Yeah. You're like, yo, how long have you been living here? They're like, look, sir, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> do you want syrup on your pancakes or not? Just, what are we doing? You can't do anything in D.C. without spending $40, true or false? True. Okay. True. All right. Thank you. Let's see how noisy this is. Yeah, yeah. There we go. Just people go. coming and going. Yeah. Just, oh, yeah. Yo, I, you know what I said to them? I was like, hey, can we do MK in a place that looks like there is sex crimes that happened and sounds like a bus depot? And they're yeah. like, yo, yeah. we know Yo, just remember the in spot. Cleveland, we went to for the Jake Paul fight. They were like, yo, we'll put you in the hotel next to the bus depot. That was <laughs> yes. great. That was and great. they literally did. They yeah. put us in the fucking hotel next to the bus yo, depot. Yo, Ariel didn't have to stay there. No, he didn't. All right. With that in mind, it's time for DMs with Donks. Let's do it. Already? Yeah, it's time. Are you angry at me that I mailed in the show so far? No, I think you actually did a pretty good job. Oh, all right. Yeah, yeah, I was pretty good. I was, I was, I, this is way more. This wasn't like the... I was expecting you to be like, yeah, Nate won. Let's talk about Instagram. No, there is a difference between you and me. Uh-huh. They call me a red lighter. No, you call you a red lighter. It doesn't matter what's going on physically, mentally, yeah. spiritually, emotionally. I've seen you check out. I mean, this is total bullshit. That red light goes on, dude. Yeah. 
It's, how come you can't do that I'm, when we're trying I'm to like do? I'm like a dancing woman in an Amsterdam window. You how know come what I mean? you can't do they? You've never done that. I've no, walked I past them. Have I told you about this? You're like, yo, BC. You never bought prostitutes, but I have. No, no, no. I was, I was actually with my wife. We both wanted to go yo, see. Those this. are government-regulated prostitutes. Yes, dude. Here is the most. Has, have you been to Amsterdam? No. This is the most fucked up part. They don't tell you. It's true. The women are in the the the. They're standing there. There's only separating you between this glass. You're on the sidewalk. Dude, they are like, they move around all sexy and shit. And then when you walk by, they make eye contact and hold it with you. Yo, that's rule number one in an orgy, no eye contact. Dude, right? they break in all the orgy rules. They just do this number. And as you walk, they keep looking at you. And then they'll like motion and shit. But like sometimes they'll just look at you. Like they don't break contact ever. It's fucking, it's like, um, sorry, I didn't mean to look at your, you know, whatever. It's, it's a little bit unnerving. You're not used to it. A couple of them, though, followed me on Twitter. Especially if you, if you, a couple of <laughs> I don't think that's true. Yeah. Well, you know she, what? We're she gonna only get... follows 252 people. So do you think this is a gesture that was like, hey, thanks I just want to for... point out that like we, every time we have to have t a Twitter talk on my terms, like number of followers, you check out immediately. You get one famous follower and the half Yo, of the Chuck show is D about this. of Public Enemy follows me, okay? I think he used to follow me. I don't know if he still does. Um, I got Bone Thugs in Harmony. Both white guys bitch. from third that? base? I got Bone Thugs. That's pretty cool. That is nice. Busy B? I don't know if it was busy. It's uh, no, it was. Um, it was. Um, is he still in the can, or was that only when we in high school? Sorry, you can say again. Is Busy B still in the can, or did he get out? Uh, I, th I thought that was Flesh and Bone. That was the other one. Better check your Rolex. Your time now, folk. Giving up respect to the SCTs. There you go. All that good shit. And we're gonna miss everybody. <laughs> and we're gonna miss everybody. All right, let's get DMs from dogs, fuckface. I mean, what are we doing? Just singing to our fucking audience. All right, uh, I can't read shit up in this bitch. From Darren Marcus. Hi, guys. As a fellow Canadian, I'm sad. Oh, yeah, this is very Yo, true. I'm not a Canadian. A fellow Canadian, my ass. Was he talking to Aaron Brodstetter? Can I read what he's about to say, All fuckface? Right. Right. I'm saddened to hear that former tough winner Elias Theodoru. All right, can we just put... Unfortunately say, we, passed away at the age of 34 after a battle with cancer. I believe it was liver cancer. This is, this is a very sad I would story. like to ask you if you have a favorite memory of uh, a fight of his. Uh, thanks in advance. I'm glad you poisoned that well. Thank you. What did I poison? Why is he fucking talking about Canadians? I don't give a fuck about Canadians. I didn't Canadians. know it was going to be an RIP situation, but can you at least address first, Chael shouted out. Yeah, um, so Chael had a nice idea. In the Marine Corps, we would call it um, good initiative, bad judgment. He, he had a moment of silence during, at the Fourth, end of the he had, he mentioned, Jake um, and Anderson press. He was trying to do a nice thing. Chael was trying to do a nice thing. He was trying to have a moment of silence for Elias Theodoru, but he twice called him Theodoru Elias. No, he called him Theodore Elias. Oh, did he? Okay, well, that's not Yo, great. But the it's sort of like when, like, like if you went, like your aunt invited you over to her house for your birthday and like she made you a cake and she wrote on it, but then she spelled your name wrong. Like, what do you, do? you know, you're like. My hey. aunt has never in my life invited, invited me over for cake. All right, all right. Not one of them. Um, like, so, so like, it, like if, yeah, I, see, there's not. There's all right, uh, let's be serious for, for yeah. just a minute here. Have you ever interviewed Elias? I've never met him in, um. This is a sh this story just is just a Dude, shocker. Here's I mean, the thing. I think he only found out about it not long ago. Dude, liver cancer. I feel so bad. I mean, obviously, it's a tragic loss. He's 34 years old. Yeah. He was bad. Ain't lived hardly any of his life yet. Um, and liver cancer, boy, that is a nasty one. It takes you quickly. Yeah. And um, but I will say, for 34 years, he had a pretty full run. That guy was a bright light. I interviewed him twice. I think. I think once when he was on the Ultimate Fighter, he actually, I think, pitched me 
um, because he was media savvy. He wanted to get his name out as much as he possible. He had a decent UFC run. He had a decent run. Um, like he won more than you than you remember. He won. He won. A, he won the uh, as a Canadian representative, the Ultimate Fighter. Um, and he really his last sort of late push in MMA was to get marijuana through uh, regulated as a therapeutic use exemption, oh, which great. he was able to do. Uh, at the last, uh, wow, I really butchered fight. that that Canadian thing off the start there. In hindsight, yeah, it was yeah. terrible. It was terrible. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, but in, in, in any case, really, really terrible. So my memory was, I remember talking to him through the two interviews, and just finding him to be very bright, um, very uh, engaged in the moment, very friendly. Um, he was unlike a lot of the people in the industry. I think that's why so many people took to him because he just yeah. seemed. You ever know that? You ever find that dude who's just through. Wherever you're at, not like he's super go lucky happy, but just always like pleasant to be around. Jake, uh, Elias was always pleasant to be around, whereas you are routinely unpleasant. <laughs> R.I.P. And uh, I, you know, Mike Bone put out a nice first time he interviewed him. He put it out, and I was watching it. And you don't, I mean, and anytime somebody is battling something in private and then they're gone, it, yeah. it's a shock. It, you know, like that the actor that Chad, uh, or uh, what's his name, the the guy from Black Panther. Chadwick Boseman. Chadwick Boseman. Yeah, and he actually got mocked a little bit for his weight loss. That was that we later found out was a function of his yeah. uh, disease. Um, you know, I, I'm glad that um, I'm glad that he had some privacy at the at the end of his life there, yeah. uh, and didn't have to suffer uh, in a very public way. That's great. To, that actually is a good thing. And um, dude, life is short, man. Life yep. is fucking short, and it can go fast. So. Hug your loved ones, I guess, right? You're right. I mean, there's not much more I can say. I think we should just move on so you can start making dick jokes again. All right. From (laughs) Joby the Hutt, where is the pantheon of combat sports, where, excuse me, where in the pantheon of combat sports chaos does this past pay-per-view rank, taking into account the whole week press conference weigh-ins and actual fight night? Was it more chaotic than UFC 200 when John popped, Anderson flew in on a day's notice, so that Clock happened. is jacked as shit. So that was weird. And I remember when I flew into Vegas, I flew on Southwest. I remember that because I got bed bugs on the flight and fleas. And probably, I think you can get pregnant on spirit flights nowadays. Or get your teeth knocked out. <laughs> yeah, Either true. way. Uh, maybe, maybe both. <laughs> yeah. You got to pay to clean up the birthing floor. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's not free. You That's not free. for everything, yeah. Uh, I remember when we landed, as soon as my phone turned on, the, all the alerts started coming through that John had. Oh, I was there. John had popped, and then I was at that press conference. Yeah, I was there the next day. The fixer I asked Malky about. I asked Malky about, like, you know, where the, were they going to try the contaminated supplement line, and he sort of indicated that they might. But uh, I remember John bawling the whole time. Yeah. Um, remember DC backstage when he found out on camera. Yeah, he, yeah. That he lost that. So play? it's up there with that. It's up there with that. But that remember, remember that the point I'm trying to make is there was weirdness on Tuesday, Wednesday. There was weirdness for the presser. But the real shit didn't pop off till Friday. When yeah. John did that whole shit at 200, it popped off on Wednesday. But this and then is, Thursday was like fucking crazy. I can argue that this was weirder because six, three fights, all six stayed on the card, but they worked themselves into more interesting and almost better matchups. But dude, how about Then like, you had the Nate Legacy legend exiting thing where it just was great karma that suddenly came around against these, you know, the establishment. This is up there. But also, dude, how about this one? Again, this was earlier in the week, but just think about this. The UFC has had a situation now, if you take this past week, where they had to t- shuffle their top six fighters, top three fights, and they did it. 
Or how about just moving to a different state on last fucking oh, minute yeah. notice when they moved from Vegas to California Jones Gustafson too. for Jones Gustafson 2. I think all of these are not as weird as UFC 223 Fight Week, though. we got to be honest about that. That was, a, that was fuck. That, that one's the craziest. And I remember thinking, like, where you just didn't know what the fuck is going to happen next for long stretches of time. I mean, just the Connor attack. Connor, and Connor I mean, in cuffs. Yeah, it's you know? just... And not knowing who Habib was going to fight yet, they, they were like... The dead set, we have to do this for the title moving forward. And then it's Al, and then, you know, Iaquinta got his ass kicked for, like, three rounds, and then suddenly Habib's, like, gassing out and getting hit Yeah, he had, he had some was, redemption in that it fight. It was a mm-hmm. little bit weird, Luke. It okay. certainly was. All right. From Aurelius92, hey, thoughts on Johnny Walker getting thrown out of the arena with his fight gear well, on? Well, you'll probably see this. I've no seen this shit coming up shortly. I, don't, but, uh, I, I still don't know. Why, why the fuck did he get thrown out? I don't know the reason why. We'll have video from gyrating? soon. Probably from gy- I mean, he gyrated from as he w- normally does before the fights, during the fights, yeah. after. He just loves to gyrate. He got married though. I thought he was getting married in December or something. I think he got married already. Did he? Yeah. Just went ahead and, went ahead and did it. All right, so we'll talk about that there. From Cubby's fan eighty. Yo, I love that guy. He's a big music fan. Cubby's fan eighty. Uh, aside from big Jake- my morning jacket fan, Luke. Uh, who's that? Cubby's fan uh, eighty. Yeah, no, who's my morning jacket? My favorite band. That's your the favorite indie band. Indie legends. Yeah. I thought your favorite band was Joni Indi- Indigo Girls. No, no, no. No? I mean, my favorite band of all time is like, you know, Jimi Hendrix and The Experience. You know what I mean? Okay. Hey, less chatter. More Gav- you know, Gaff always has my back. You know, you were wrong that time about Manich. I think maybe, like, Manich is a great guy, but yo, he's got, he's, he's, you know, he's, you know, I mean, he's like, yo, I would trust Gap. Gap's got big hands, too. I would totally, I like, Gap I, I didn't deliver say, my child. I didn't right? say I wouldn't trust Gap. I was just like, you know, Manich is a guy I trust. Yo, we're in Los Angeles. Manich has a, a song out on iTunes called Lonely Angeles, but he's not here right now. He's following some punk band around the world. He's never here for us when we need him, bro, okay? Okay, from Cubby's. Gap is always there. We can't get rid of this guy, dude. I love Gap. What's his last name? Don't say it. Pierre. Oh. Said not to say it. Uh, all right, aside from Jake Paul, uh, is there an actual boxer out there with a name that, at, that as the Rolling Stones would sing, they wrote sign, a little bleary, worse for wear and tear, that Nathan Diaz could get a really big payday against? Is there so they want an actual boxer who's yeah. like old but has a name? Who's a name that Diaz could fight that he could maybe rough up that's just washed as shit? Who do you think would win a match between him and Oscar De La Hoya? Who's 47 and... Jesus. In shape, though, but... I don't want to see that. I don't Oscar know. early, I don't. but then I don't know. Okay, what about Nate versus GSP in a boxing match? You don't care about that, I right? think GSP would fuck him up. In a boxing match, yeah? Yeah. Is there an actual aging boxer? I don't know, man. I mean... Is there any... Seriously, Jose, let me ask you this. Let's say Jake Paul gets just fucking stretched by Anderson Silva, but Haseem Rockman Jr. ends up beating Vitor. Does Nate fight Haseem no, Rockman Jr.? Nate's a lightweight and welterweight. Haseem Rockman's a heavyweight. Oh, yeah, too far. I guess, like, yeah, he'd have to go... I mean, look, I even have yeah, questions right, size... Silly, silly question. Yeah, yeah but right. no, if Nate moving up to fight Jake, there's still going to be a legitimate size difference. What about this? Would you, because look, Nate's star power right now is back. It's, it's not, you know, it's almost back where it was in 2016, almost, because of the sort of babyface legend, you know, push that he's getting. Floyd Mayweather versus Nate Diaz in a boxing match. Your thoughts? Um, I think Floyd still wins. 
maybe you could sell that because Logan, who's much bigger, stood up to the. I mean, Logan got stole on consistently in that fight, but he didn't go down. You know, big kid. He's a big. That's the thing. He's big. He's bigger than Nate. Would there be interest? He's bigger than Nate. Would there be interest? Probably. Would Probably. it be remotely competitive? I don't. I don't I mean, know if I, I don't know if I want to see Floyd in that this, condition. I don't. I know if he keeps effing around with this one of the one of these times he's going to run into a young guy. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like he's been the thing he's been doing now. Where he's like, oh, I'm going to fight some nobody on the top of this tall ass building in the Middle East for a stupid amount of money. It's like that's cool, but I don't. I don't. You know, th- okay. there's no there's no real threat there. Like I feel like Nate. I don't Nate know. and Pacquiao doesn't do anything for you, right? Pacquiao no, would win too. Pacquiao would whoop him. Yeah. Pacquiao would whoop him. I think it's just too fast, too good. Okay. Okay. Uh, all right, lastly, from Cole underscore Brown, 858. And I know that Floyd's fighting this rising thing, but, like, you know, I mean, what the fuck is that? All right. Uh, which of the upcoming pay-per-view cards do you believe will get the most buys? Oliveira Makachev or Adesanya Pereira? Um, I th- the Adesanya one is Madison Square Garden and is freaking loaded. has, what, Chandler versus... Yes, it's a pay-per-view in the capital of the media market of North America. Like, and it's, it's a loaded-ass card and Poirier Chandler. It's that one, Okay. Yeah, although I will say the better card, well, they're pretty, both pretty good cards, but the, so, that so the Oliveira Mahachev card is. Is what? Oliveira Mahachev in the main event. Yep. Then TJ versus, um, TJ Dillashaw versus Aljamain Sterling. Correct. And then what's the third awesome fight? Uh, so, first of all, also Bilal and Sean Brady are on that one. Yikes, that's a great fight. Dariush is on, let me pull that up here real quickly. Oh, isn't it Gamrot have a big fight yes, on that Yes, Dariush versus Gamrot is on that card. Mm. And then Sean O'Malley versus Piotr oh, Jan. That, that card bangs. Yeah, that dude. card bangs. That card motherfucking Okay, but bangs. commercially, the people think that, that Adesanya has the potential to meet his match here. The, That's th- the, the, narrative, th- the right? thing is, it's just harder to sell a pay-per-view. Now, maybe they'll move the Abu Dhabi time to maximize sales, but if it's an afternoon pay-per-view, it definitely won't do as much. Um, so here's 281 for comparison's sake. So it's Izzy and then Alex in the main event, Carla and Zhang. I don't know what that's going to do for buys. Probably not much. Dan Hooker and uh, the Prince of Peru, Claudio Puelles. Brad Riddell, Hanato Moicano. That's yo, a pretty the, good Yo, CKB in the yeah, house. Yeah, no, no, no. For sure, 281 is uh, not as good as 280. For sure. But okay. there's some good ones. on Carlos Olberg is on it against Nikolai uh, Negu Miranda. His DMs are going to be fire. They, it must be nice to be him, yeah, honestly. Yeah. Uh, also, Molly McCann against Aaron Blanchfield. That's a really good fight. That's a really good fight. Yeah. Yo, what do you think about this um, Molly and Patty uh, bar stool, buddy cop duo? Bar stool, uh, you know, relationship. I haven't seen much of it. I don't know. I mean, if they're, listen, you love to hate. You are like me in the sense that we both like to hate on people's good times. But I'm not trying to hate on good times. The only people's good times I've hated on are Michelle Pedeta when it's not focused on winning a fight, right? He was there cornering uh, Johnny Walker. Did you see him? Yeah, I did. I I watched the card, yeah. Uh, Where did you watch the fights? In your hotel room? From my um, Hollywood hotel room. And, um, you know, because my wife's like, you should go out in the Walk of Fame and, you know, send me pictures of stuff. And, you know, you're out there for a couple minutes and then you're like... I think I can go back inside now. Yeah, it's, I, I, it's, it's halfway to the... I don't want to... Yo, I it. love West Hollywood, right? I love Beverly Hills. I love Santa Monica and Venice and Manhattan Beach. Yo, I love Watts. all the... I, I love Watts, baby, all right? Just, just... Well, let's say all those neighborhoods, you just love the whites. I mean, that's really where you're headed. Wow, that's really, really, really... Yo, I'm, I, I rock with Eagle Rock here in L.A., okay? That's a Filipino area. Okay, cool. I don't know much about L.A., but I know it's pretty diverse. All right, all right. I think we're uh, now. It's time for your shit. Time for old BC's feces. 
Let's do it. Um, so here's what I did. I got a small batch. It's like a microdose batch this time, all right? It's, you know, small batch is like, you know, crafts. So I scoured the globe from this past weekend for the highs and lows, the good, the bad, the ugly, the in-between. We're going to look at Jose Aldo's In the world of combat, tattoo. sports, and beyond. Hey, Luke, you don't have an audio ability to hear some of these, but our, our fans will. Okay? okay, that's fine. They call this heavy <laughs> right now and I'll just like you know okay Luke we start at uh, UFC 279 in Las Vegas otherwise known as the Chris Barnett show yeah Luke it started this is moments after missing weight he came out for the ceremonial Luke he missed weight had to donate a portion of the purse but he's still living brother people love a jolly big man do they not dude I tweeted it and it's true Fat, fat guy MMA is the best MMA. It always is, Luke. It always is, okay? Yeah, but he's just happy, too. He's not like one of those fat guys with a bad attitude. Like, my man's just in a and good mood. And doesn't he have mood. one of, like, the like the most, the craziest backstories that's going to start yeah, to really he, get published? And by the way, he also reps Spain because his dad was in, I think, the Air Force. And oh, that's dude, I love Chris Barnett. Born. Luke, the, the, it continued to him uh, firing the crowd up on oh. his way to the cage, if we can show that next. I mean, look, look, this is before. I mean, you only got so much gas in that tank, bro. I don't know if you want to be pouring it out, you know, Michelle uh, Pereira style, right? Let me ask you. He, he would need the right roommate, right? Like, imagine if this was your roommate. Would, you, would this work? Yo, he would destroy the bathroom. Yeah, oh, I mean, the commode, <laughs> the commode would be just abolished the first day. I mean. Yo, he might. You know, here's the thing. is like, I got high energy on the air, Luke, but off the air... I'm low T for days. Like, yeah. you're trying to, like, touch me and hang out with me. And yeah, I'm just I know, like, like you know, I'm not, I'm not really into either yeah, of those. No, I'm you not know, really, to be fair. Uh, Luke, let's continue this. After he rallied from the, you know, the brinks of hell to stop Jake Collier, we got the another old, one of these fat guy slams. Oh, my God. The old butt flip. Dude, that, he probably broke his coccyx with that, but I'm here for it. Dude, the crowd went apeshit. He loves the celebration. And, it's, uh, and the fact that he didn't really stick it there but kind of did is... Just so great. What did you make of his promo? I don't. We don't. We're not going to play it here. But he shouted out the fans in the UFC on like a exploit exploitative level. But yet it came across as very earnest and lovely. So the problem was, I know his. I, I know he won over a lot of fans. I literally was not in my room at the moment he oh, made you that. Oh, you listened to the to the. No, audio no, no. Or? I do. I was listening to the commentary, but I had to do something in the house. I actually ended up missing it. What did you do in the house? I, I was making some food. Okay. Could have made it before the pay-per-view started, you know? I know, but I, just, but I didn't. Uh, you could have told all those women in your life, cook. Also, I don't, he wasn't on the main card, right? Yo, women can cook just as good as men. Yeah, that's not why you want them in the kitchen, though. I mean, that's what you were suggesting there. <laughs> no. No. Yeah, yeah. Why don't you come to my house and order my wife around? You see how that goes for you there, buddy. Yo, I would love to order Spanish women around at your house. Though. They're not Spanish. They're Colombian. Yeah, They speak Spanish, but they're not Spanish. That's my pet peeve. Don't do that shit. So, so you say I ignorantly label them as being from Spain. There's a thing that East Coast people do where if anyone is Hispanic, yeah. they refer to them as Spanish. But they're not Spanish. People who are Spanish are from Spain and are wildly different okay. than people who are from well, what if I the Dominican smack Republic, the Puerto Rico. In your house, all right? Yeah, you try that, bro. Okay. You imagine this. I'm, I'm a white guy. I'm going to go smack talk some Latinas. Bro, you let me know how that goes. Um, That's going to be an epic L, you take. You know who don't take shit either? Irish women. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. How about women who respect themselves? That's what I'm how talking about, about, Carly. Yeah. All right, um, Barnett. Well, apparently, this is open mic hour on the show today. <laughs> so everyone's chiming in. Uh, Luke, everyone's let's chiming go in. to let's go to Chris Barnett after they announced him as the winner, dude. I I kind of like the promo we cut to let the fans know how much they fuel him. And dude, he just is unlimited 
and what he like he's basically like you at like your sloppiest wedding when like Let me come on feel you. the noise came on and you're just dancing and he you're like is, shirts open he is shit. as routinely happy uh, like I've never been this happy once <laughs> And he's this happy always. You're like, I was 10% this happy when we won that award in Vegas. Yes, right? like, I, I was like, like, may, maybe 8 or 9% this happy. And he's just this happy. Yeah, yeah. Yo, I can't believe I called the women in your life Spanish. Yeah, they're not. They're not, they're not from Spain. All right. uh, finally, Chris Barnett uh, was given party favors on the way out, Luke. He didn't drink out of a shoe, but two different fans gifted him with a... With a you know, look, my man's eye, he looks like, uh, you know, God bless him, he's a great guy, but look, in that moment, after his eyes all fucked up, he looks like Sloth from the Goonies. Yeah. And he doesn't give a shit. Look at him, ear so to ear. So Marvin Vittori, though. Yep, ear to ear grinning, carrying beers, and they took him to the hospital after this. And you know they left him at the UFC, didn't give him a ride home from the hospital? He, he did, like, a live stream Yeah, that's probably, that's, that's not great. That's Do you think he drank that beer? I'm guessing he drank that beer. Okay. Yeah. Shout out to him. Uh, Luke, but they make you go right to the medical tent when you get out of the fights. Like, that's the first place you go is to get medically evaluated. More UFC 279 com- content. Did you see women's strawweight Elise Reed uh, rock out with her own weird dance after decisioning Melissa Martinez? Luke, this is like me at the club. Like, I'm trying to figure out. Like, no, the, You wouldn't know this by looking at me, Luke? Yo, I can dance. I don't believe that. No, dude. At... I, like you Even think a little. you're like oh BC I bet you're an un- unathletic piece of shit and you're just washed and all that and some of that is true dude yo, just I because could, you can dry hump with rhythm does not mean you can dance yo Ashley and Mitch won't invite me to their wedding but if they did I would tear up that dance floor alright <laughs> yo I would tear up that dance floor dude I like how you're doing the comedy hour for the people on set the people at home don't know what the fuck you're talking about alright uh, Luke Johnny Walker got a much needed win over Iwan Kutelaba by first round submission uh, Helen E. Sports, who we just talked to out here before, yeah, look at that. captured this. Look at him do the worm from up high above Isn't the Isn't this arena. how he fucked himself up before? Yeah, he fell. He did like one of those fall, front forward falls. Dude, and, what is it like to be so happy where people have to come up to you and be like, please stop dancing. Just yeah, stop dancing. Yeah, yeah. Like just for your own safety. Just you dance too much. Yo, you know those, you know that commercial that Frank Thomas and Doug Flutie do? Oh, for like that bullshit, do nothing to and then, that and then Frank is natural like, testosterone your wife will booster. Like it yeah, too. Right. Dude, you should take those because if you text that four-digit code, they'll send it like right to your door. Is it like new Nugenics? Yeah, Nugenics? I mean it's probably like made out of lighter fluid and shit. But like, yeah, you're just eating pig rectum <laughs> and fucking wood chips. I mean, it's nothing. Yo, but I just want to see you happy. Like, I don't care much about your performance in bed, but like, I just want to see you happy. I need to get on. I need to get on steroids for the Spanish women in your life. I think you should do. There this. are no Spanish women. In my life, <laughs> no, that's yeah. why I kind of went back yeah. to the well. Yeah, stupid check, joke. Check your temperature. Stupid right joke. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, hey, here we go. All right. Now, Luke, um, this was Johnny Walker, as we mentioned before, getting kicked out of the arena. He's back at the Park MGM Hotel with no shoes and his gloves on and no shirt. How the hell does this happen? Do they think he was an observer who, you know what? How low do you have to think of MMA fans to think that this guy's just an MMA fan who wandered around? Hey, is John Kavanaugh off the hook here? He did this. This was a much-needed Johnny Walker performance, showing you a, a, a new, newly added jujitsu game. Like we said, with in fairness to Tony, you know he had one like, half a camp basically with Jackson Wink. Let's see how it goes if he continues. Uh, okay. Same thing with this. Like it takes time for a coach and a fighter to gel. Also, you know, it, it was take it was much a, time for us to gel. We had that natural chemistry. You're uh, night, you're not, sh- can you show the people the flavor of Bang Energy drink that you're drinking? It's rainbow unicorn. But like, my point is, if you drink Bang Energy drink, how discerning <laughs> about the flavor are you supposed to be? I mean, I mean, you don't have to vape the, the this like, uh, Merlot 1974 Argentina yeah. is. Uh, like, isn't there a tougher flavor of vape? Of, Malbec, huh? of, of vape, you could be vaping. Like, you're always like, yo, I got the watermelon buffalo, and I'm like, dude, like, there's not like. You know, now that you remind me. 
There's not like pre-cancer flavor or anything like that? I mean, like explicitly pre-cancer flavor? I don't think so. Something a little more manly, Luke, all right? What, about what, flavor, what flavor would you vape if you vaped? Like charcoal? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, you do like, hot, like gas station hot dog vape. No, I, my liver can't hold up on that, Luke. All right, Luke, a big... Th- oh, here we go. What flavor is that shit? Uh, this is... I think this is like passion ice or something. Do you know that people don't respect you because you won't vape, vape marijuana and you only vape... You know, Who says I don't vape marijuana? Tobacco. Who on their motherfucking... On this planet says I don't vape mar- uh, marijuana? All I right. Mean, hey, Luke, did you hear Nate Diaz is finally a free man? Um, did you see the end of this interview with Megan O'Leary that... Uh, ESPN cut out and didn't show this part did. moving forward. Uh, let's go to the video tape. These shoes fucking suck. <laughs> Look at these shoes. They make me put this shit on. Sponsors, you don't hear that. Guys, back to you. <laughs> Luke, this is the best suck. Nate Diaz OG moment of the weekend. Forget beating Tony. Forget winning the main event. Yo, he just shit on those bullshit uh, wannabe... Uh, What's his beef with The Rock? I mean, partly he's not getting paid for wearing them, so that's one... Well, Rock took that BMF belt and put it around yeah, George, Yeah, because you know? he, he was shitting on The Rock well, that night he, in New York. Look, Nate sniffs out whether you're real or not, like, left and right. It's not that The Rock isn't real, but The Rock Dude, is the, the, peak, the rock, peak of commercialization. Right? Yeah. The Rock, the rock like, promotes his friendship with Jeff Bezos. He is a corporate avatar So Nate's like, way. why would I wear this bullshit sneaker? You know, I, mean, yeah. I, I don't blame him, Luke, all right? Uh, all-time great promo here from Nate. This is after the Hamzat thing fell apart at the ceremonial weigh-in, talking about those California Gs. Uh, Tony's been around a long time. We should have fought a long time ago. Khabib's bitch ass was afraid of him, just like his bitch ass motherfucker was afraid of me yesterday. We punked his bitch ass in the back here. And now we don't make know how to make way, you know what I'm saying? You guys already know what it is. Real G's come from California, America, motherfucker. Let me ask you a question, BC. DeSantis Diaz 2024? <laughs> Yo, he took a shot at Habib right there. You think that was necessary? I, I don't know. I got to say, that was a real Americana moment right Yo, there. Yo, do you think Habib really, really did nothing at World Series of Fighting? Uh, there's video of it. I'm not sure what he did. I will say this. Don't you agree? The fact that he, like, the, like you know, they asked him, like, if he had just been like, oh... Hamzat's lame, which he did call him. But you know, the, other, the other thing that he called him, I thought was like... He called what, him a D-sucker after in the no, post No, not even that. When he called him a rookie. He's like, this fucking rookie can't yeah. even make weight. That really, like, yeah, Hamzat would probably beat Diaz's ass. But there was a real, I'm up here, you're down there kind of moment when he did okay, that. Okay, what would have happened if the main event went off as... as oh, I think Hamzat would have torn him limb from limb. So what would it have been? A stoppage due to what? Um, probably would have gone a couple rounds, and then I, th- I think he would have just physically held him down in a way where he couldn't defend himself, and then stopped with TKO. Yeah, so, or, or a cut. Yeah, I'm so happy it didn't happen because we did, we would have not gotten this moment. How about the respect here from Nate and Tony, two real ninjas, bowing afterwards? I popped for this. Did you, or were you like done at that point? I did pop a little bit for it. Yeah, like I just, I just don't want bad things to happen to Tony. Yeah, I mean, can um, we be honest? Yo, he looks washed as shit. And I love Tony. He just looks washed, bro. Dude, you can't have a career like he did. And again, I'm going to keep saying it. I, it. Here's the thing. In the fight game, all that we ever care about is the present. That's it. Who's hot? Who's up? Who's down? What did you do? Like, it's just it's so present-oriented that there's never any considerations for like the fact that when, when someone's in a really bad beating, like fucking stop it early, dude. And I remember after that fight, people were like, yeah, the beating was bad, but Tony will come back stronger. Tony will be fine. I'll take some time off. It'll be fine. Dude, that shit is irreparable. Yeah. It is irreparable. Yo, Lynch, are we being harsh on this guy? Yeah, I knew, I knew he was on our side. Damn it. 
Uh, he's, Luke, wa- he's watching pornography. Yeah. Right <laughs> uh, Luke, after the win, Nate uh, would would shout out ESPN's Mark Raimondi for uh, doing that story in which he embedded himself in the Stockton. I know. Camp. I was like, how did Mark get that story? That's a nice little. That's, that's a, a nice story. gig, Let's dude. Let's see what he said about. Can you imagine the contact? Came out to do a story, and uh, he stayed at the house for a few days. And we were getting smoked all night. He was smoking so much weed. <laughs> he was getting so high. I was like, come on, hit the money. He's like, yeah, I'm going to And anyways, I'm just playing. He wasn't smoking weed. But I, we were just, just trying to make him smoke weed. And um, Yo, Raymundi was out there earlier. I didn't ask him. I hope that for his sake that he was embraced the entire dude. situation. And you know he got a secondhand high easy. Like they, they probably blew that shit right at him. Dude, Ramundi told me a story. I could embarrass him so bad dude, right now. Should I do it? Well, I like him a lot, so I don't, I don't want this. To no, 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 no. Like uh, it's embarrassing, funny. Okay. Oh, god. Mm. It's tempting. You All right, you know I'm gonna fuck it. I'm gonna do it. Mark, I love you. Don't get mad. Don't get mad. You know what Mark told me? Mark told me he was, uh, he was at. I think he was at Diaz's house or like Diaz's like photographer's house, like someone's house when he was part of there. And my man went in there, and he's like, you know, um, I need to go blow up your commode. <laughs> and he did. He went to Diaz's house, apparently, I think, or again, him or his photographer, and he took a, a monster dump. This, this is what Mark Romani told me. And then he went to go flush, and it didn't work. Oh, dude. So I was like, what did you do? Okay, well, let's pause. What do you do that you don't say anything? So first, my first, first, first course of action is check the, make sure the water pressure's on with the little thing at the bottom. Yep. And if that, take the top off, and then you can manually flush. Yep, and then check for a plunger. Yeah. Well, he is, you know, he's not Bob Vila, which is an <laughs> old man reference. He's like, I don't know what the fuck to do. So he just kept trying to hit it. And he said after like 20 tries, it hit. And oh. it finally worked. Uh, but I've got did, a tremendous story related to this. I'll save it for a future room service diaries. Wow. So sorry, Mark. I didn't mean to blow up your spot, but um, we don't have it here. But dude, Nate, I did mean to blow. The up fight your spot. was stopped at two oh nine of round four. It's just life is. Joe Rogan put out on Instagram that we are living in a simulation. You see shit like that, and you're just like, it doesn't make sense anymore. It just doesn't. This make whole sense. thing did not make sense. I think that's why it was easy to fall into the conspiracy bunk because it just none of it made sense. None of it. But that's the fight game, dude. You stick around long enough. You, like, here's the thing. Like, yes, this weekend was particularly crazy. We just talked about it. There's going to be another weekend, probably, you know, not that far away, not where some crazy, fuck. Really. No, not this crazy. Not this crazy. But something you just can't. I, mean, when, I remember when Nate Marquardt was got bounced from the UFC because of the whole TRT thing and then the drug test and everything else. And Nate, uh, uh, what was it? Uh, Dana got on social media or Facebook, whatever it was at the time, and was like, "That's flashing now. That's uncom- that's uncomfortable." Yeah, is that is that camera still work, guys? You know? um, and uh, he was like, you know, Nate Marquardt will never fight in the UFC again. We're like, what the fuck is going on? It was a yeah. whole thing. So it's always crazy. Weekend. Yo, if Hamza pulled out and gave an excuse that, w- that he had an STD, would you respect him? <laughs> He's like, yo, I got chlamydia. I can't fight this weekend. You'd be like, been there, bro. I told you I had a friend whose dad was a doctor, and he would get the clap and then yeah. call his dad. His dad would write him prescriptions. That's a great father-son bonding relationship there. Hey, Luke, they've been waiting all freaking week for you to rate... That tag. Oh no. King of Heo edition. Jose Aldo got a Tristan the cameraman looking oh, sleeve right here. God. In terms of just aggressive animals. Yo, shout out Tristan. He's not here. Yeah, right no, now. Tristan's is different than this. Yo, Tristan has like wolves and shit that'll eat you, right? If you do enough dr- drugs around Tristan's arm, it may come to life. This thing is a mess. Okay, but you were so harsh on Brazilian legend Mr. Hebas for that honor that he gave to his daughter. Then why don't you keep that same energy for the greatest? 145 pounds. Dude, this is what I just time. this is what I just don't get. I, I, I was talking about this with my wife. It's like, dude, Jose Aldo has all the money 
and all the resources, like all the connections he could pull in Brazil. Dude, there's very high level tattooing in Brazil. So you're like, Mr. Hibas, the intention was good, but maybe he didn't have all the funds to make it work. Right? Or, or I think what pro the problem is people don't, and I've made some mistakes early on in tattooing as well. I want to be very clear. Like it's not, it's, people think it's obvious. Yeah. But uh, you need to, you have to do your homework up front about who you select as the guy's going to do your tattoo. I mean, this is not Darren this Elkins. Is, this dude, is this is, Aldo. This is like, not even like, okay, this is, Bad and well, it's I mean, bad. Okay, but what's really can we go full bottom. screen, Gaff? What is really bad about? Okay, this? so first of all, let's just start where it's really, really bad. The clock on his forearm, or the inkwell, whatever it is between those, is just a mess. Look at the. Is look that at him the, and his family at the bottom? Can watching we blow it, it up even more? Is it possible? Look how look look at the circle. It's all fucking totally off. The portraits of the lions are. It looks like a. It looks like it's hand drawn by a child. Yo, that kind of looks like a Sarlacc pit monster, that clock, right? Yeah, and then the family silhouette at the bottom is like, okay, it's not so bad. Um, but like the shading around it with like what are supposed to be either clouds or smoke or some other kind of bonding, everything about it is just off, dude. It's super off. If you're going to go with portrait realism for the top of that, which is what he So here's what he wanted. For folks asking, like, what would be the kind of tattoo he wanted? He wanted black and gray portrait realism. That is really what he wanted, at least from the upper arm, and then the bottom arm he could have gotten some, a few different kinds who would do black and gray. But the upper arm is certainly portrait realism. Dude, there, what about that is portrait realism? Nothing. Does that look like a photograph to you? Nothing about that is portrait. I will say the fact that he didn't get his ass all tatted up, I do have a lot of respect for him. Okay, so I told, I'm going to tell the story. I don't yeah, why, don't, why don't you do that? Why don't you try to, like, can you take a poll on this room of whether people, like, Think that you know it's normal for you to be remotely down with ass tats, not even to look at. You're like, yo, I need that on my, I need my old, it's not, flabby ass cheeks tatted up. It's not my priority. Not because I represent the tribe, right? You ain't, you ain't part of no tribe. Yeah, only because I'm here for. Uh, like, if you got the Indian flag and you finally recognize them the way that they should, I would be down with that. But it ain't nothing to do with that. Yeah, there's nothing to do with that. So I ended up getting a tattoo on Saturday as well. I'm happy to show it when it heals. Um, but the guy, one of the guys, not the guy who did my tattoo, but the guy who was across, was a huge MK fan, it turned out. Like he what's got, his name? I forgot. I think Bill? Bill Huck, something like that? Uh, I forgot his name. I apologize. You know, I'm bad with names. But the reality is this. He was a giant MK fan. Couldn't have been nicer. And within two seconds, you sent me a picture of his ass. I have it right here, as a matter of fact. You're like, this guy loves you. Here's his so ass. So this guy, he told me, he's like, dude, I heard BC's take on ass tats, and it broke my heart. And here's, can we put the camera on me? Here, I'll show you. This is his actual back piece. Wow, does he work out? This is his back piece. It took three years to do. Three years it took. I asked him, or no, the guy who did my tattoo asked him, if you knew how bad it was going to hurt, would you do it again? He's like, no, I wouldn't. And he echoed Andy Ruiz's comments that apparently when he got it, in, like, he has, apparently it's so far in his ass that the only thing not tattooed in that area is his actual butthole. Like, everything so, else. Grundle and taint completely covered. I don't know about the grundle and taint, but certainly on the back of the thighs and then, like, the ass and then everything in between, like. All right, I'm not going to disparage That's a bit that much for me. That's a bit much. Because he's, he's a, an dude, MK and fan. he loves you. He loves you. And by the way, he said he wants, B he wants BC to come to the shop so he can, like, convince you, him. Do you think he wants to secretly tattoo my prick? <laughs> Maybe. Right. No, he's a nice guy, but there you go. So, he, right. so you have some people who are fans of yours. We got a rap? Oh, keep, keep it running. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Well, what the fuck? What are we yeah, doing? That's all we do is talk. Yeah, I mean, we're just... Huh? You got to clear the stream by Oh, okay. Okay, all right, all right. yeah. Is this still live? I mean, this okay. is the worst show we've yeah, ever yeah, done. Yeah. Let's just be honest about oh, that. Oh, sorry, Matt. Got it. All right, quickly, here we go. Social Gloves pay-per-view from Los Angeles, Luke. 
You okay. see the schmo on that broadcast? I did. Oh, well, I did after the fact. Well, how about Swaggy P, Nick Young in the white? Just. And the fight was called off, Luke. A yeah, no you contest. know, once you get a guy this inexperienced falling through the the, the ring ropes, he it's hit time his to shoulder, I think, on yeah. there, and, yeah. they, and he decided not to continue. Was he looking for a way out? To hold, hold on. I, I don't know. Let me ask a question. I, and I'm a little bit checked out in the NBA if they don't play for the Wizards, which he does not anymore. Does is he still in the NBA? Do we know? Anyone know if he's still in the NBA? I don't think he is. Oh, he's retired? I don't okay. think you can be in the NBA and do this bullshit. Yeah, I guess you're not straight, yeah. Yeah, all right. Well, they also had uh, the battle of the running backs. Adrian Peterson versus Le'Veon Bell, and Peterson's in the dark. So this drums. was a nice shot he set up here. And now he's in the darkness of hell after that. That's a legit knockout. Dude, right he there. showed him, he leaned in, he showed him the face as a target, used it to cheat the distance, and then just drove a hand into him. Yo, um, no, that would be a bad joke to reference AP's kids and all that. That storyline, you know? Where he, you ever seen the Family Guy joke? No. Where it's like Adrian Peterson and his kid are walking through the forest. It's like, I'm really glad we went on this nature walk. And then in, in Family Guy, the, the Adrian Peterson goes, <laughs> I'm uh, like, uh, I can't wait to beat you with all these sticks. Oh, that's just like. not necessary. <laughs> um, do you think he ever boxes again? AP? Yeah. Probably not. Oh, uh, yeah, Unless probably Unless Frank not. Gore calls him out. Yeah, that's Frank Gore calls. All right. In the main event, pre-diabetic gas station attendant Ann Eason Gibb got up off the canvas in the dark trunks there, Luke, and stopped Austin McBroom. A Who big is Austin McBroom? Uh, some, uh, anybody know what he actually does beyond a, a family vlogger? A, whose family? His? That sounds like hell. Wow. All right. Well, I'm just trying to vlog with your family. I'd, and, ra- I'd rather just get hit by a car. And Easton Gibb got knocked out in Jake Paul's pro debut, and it was a big comeback for him. Ooh, that's a nice shot, though, right? So the quality of this win is he beat a young guy who films him and his family? I don't know. Uh, Ray Flores on the call, though, with uh, Paulie Malinaji and Mikey Garcia. All right. All right. Uh, Luke, let's go to our, some random boxing here. Uh, there was a fight card Friday night in South Florida from Pro Box TV, and look at this ref getting a piece of it. Yo, fuck off, ref. Yo, that ref's got a good chin, though, right? Oh, God. Yeah. Get out of there. Okay. Uh, Luke, Alicia Baumgartner was supposed to be fighting Michaela Mayer in the all-female pay-per-view in boxing. Clarissa Shields in the main event. That got pushed off to October 15th. But here's a little mix of sound that Baumgartner was giving us because this was getting intense. Two women that just want to go out there and bang. This is what it is. When I say I'm a dog, I'm a dog. I'm a pit bull. I'm about to eat your ass. And when I say I'm going to dog walk her, that's what I'm going to do. She's the poodle, right? So my terminology, she doesn't understand culture terminology. So she's like, well, which one am I? Am I the dog or are you the dog? You don't understand terminology, so I'm not even going to explain that to you. What do you think you can take advantage of? Her body. She leaves her, listen, because she's a little taller than me, I'm a little shorter, I'm going to that body. I'm, I'm snatching her ovaries. I'm, I'm killing her to the body. It's probably going to be Luke, be honest, hearing her that say sounded, that. That sounded like you looking at your phone when Joanna's Instagram page is up. Uh, considering that she wants to eat Michaela's ass and snatch her ovaries, how much more interested are in this fight are you now? Um, first one of those is kind of interesting. All right. Thank you. A uh, couple weeks back, we had a different YouTube boxing card. Luke, I forgot to show you this one. I think you were on vacation. Watch this guy attempt a celebratory flip. I mean, let's oh, please God. stop forever. Oh, my God. Yes. Please stop. <laughs> CTE for everybody, Luke. You get a... Yeah, thank you, Oprah. Okay, let's keep it going here. Luke, BKFC 29 from Montana. First of all... Great fall. Shout out to Britton Hart Beltran winning the inaugural strawweight oh. title. But Joe Riggs, Diesel, and the co-main... A no contest with Josh Dyer. Dude, Joe Riggs Josh has Dyer. had so many injuries. Look at that headbutt. Uh, Luke, he said he'll come back. This won't stop him, but that got, he got him stopped in the fight. Wow. 
Yeah. You know what? I, I, BKFC should just make headbutts legal. I mean, what the yeah, fuck else? Yeah, at this point, you know? yeah. Uh, Luke, real recognized real in the boxing world this week. Uh, Bud Crawford, look at this, rubbing shoulders with Jigga. Jay-Z. Um, can we sign this fight already? Huh? Can, can maybe Hove can help? Hove used to be a boxing promoter. Remember Rock Nation? Yes. That went nowhere. Can you guys hurry up and sign this uh, Spence Crawford fight already? Please, guys, we deserve this. Jay-Z, can you help us make this fight? Thank you. Uh, Luke, let's keep it going. Um, Fast, and the F- Fast and Furious gave us a great um, dishwatch. Just, just, oh, just. Listen. Dude, these people get in pants. I think I these mean. are tryouts for for uh, FF9, Luke. Um, that guy got pantsed by a uh, moving vehicle. Dude, he got pantsed in, like, the worst high school <laughs> nightmare kind of. You know, like, have a nightmare about, like, yeah. the worst way you could get embarrassed. This is up yeah. there with it. Yeah. That's the that's the that's the Hamza Chimaev of getting embarrassed. That is, yeah. That's a that's the this that's guy a, out here living his life a quarter mile at a time, and now everyone's seen an asshole. You it's know? like everyone. What, every what guy, is he your tattoo artist? Yeah, you got paint. Like I didn't do my tattoo. My, my guy was Ryan Clark. Shouts to Ryan Clark, district tattoo. Oh, Go of, see Ryan of Clark. R- DC and RC, big fan of that guy. Yeah, Ryan. That's right. I bet you we're gonna beat them for all these awards. DC and RC. Yeah, I would like to. Yo, because we beat DC and Hawani that time. I do like DC though. Uh, Luke. Let's show some love for hibachi, right? Like the grill? Yeah. <laughs> oh, Junior. Uh, yeah, he got a little too close to the action there, Luke. We've been there, though, right? Is there a smoke alarm? There might be. i got to stop. All right. Uh, Luke, this is my favorite video in a long time. Check out this Undertaker fan of WWE fame. Oh, I didn't tell you this. Going to the hibachi. Okay, this kid rules. This kid, right? This okay. kid's the best. This motherfucking kid is awesome. Are you shitting me? Oh, he does the throat slash? <laughs> Yo! Yo, I'm going to adopt this kid. I'm going to steal this kid. This kid's a, a well-known wrestling fan. He has I didn't tell IG you this. Account. I didn't tell you this until just now. This is a true story. Yeah. Somebody from Jake, when we were doing the show, someone from Jake's camp walked behind me, and they were FaceTiming Ric Flair. Oh, are you serious? They were FaceTiming Ric Flair as they walked, because they were walking real slow, and I saw, I was like, is that fucking old-ass Ric Flair? <laughs> Maybe it was your buddy who lives in the same building as him and goes to the same bar with him all the time. And sees Ric Flair out just, I mean, the punani around old Rick. Yeah. He's, he's uh, drowning. Sometimes at the hibachi, or really any situation in which you're eating Asian food, if you run out of chopsticks, you have to get creative. Check out this dad, Luke. You could just use a fork. Yeah, or a Barbie doll. I mean, you shouldn't use a fork with sushi. And he, there is someone using a fork with sushi. You okay with this? I mean, oh, it's inventive. Mm-hmm. He's using Barbie's You legs. know, it's a little uh, creepy. I mean, is Barbie the best representation of an American woman right now? Or is that putting too much pressure on young women to try to live up to an impossible standard of a waistline? I think you answered your own question. Yeah, I think so, too. You know what I mean? That's why my kids are not allowed to play with Barbies. Your kids are also boys. They really, really want to. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, Luke, let's, um, we got a couple more for you. They call this Barack Obonga. <laughs> I'd hit it. <laughs> I'll hit the DeSantis version in 2024 if I have to, right? Diaz DeSantis, 2024. All right, there you go. And finally, Luke, the NFL was back this weekend. Yo, fuck the commanders. Check out this Rams fan. (laughs) I saw one at UGA. I I saw, that's funny. I saw one at UGA. (laughs) Sorry. They got different rules. Are you Tom Hanks in Philadelphia? What's going on? Oh, wow. They got different rules at the Malco West office. We've got to work here more often, all right? Dude, they they don't work here at all. I mean, they just, they do nothing. But what I was going to say was, BC, someone sent me one of a a fan at UGA game where the number was 18 and his name was Please Be. Oh, no, that's that's pretty good. That's pretty pretty gross. gross. It's pretty gross. Uh, All right, are you done here? 
Yeah. We're done here? Yeah. Two hour show. We did you pulled a two hour show out of our ass on this Draw one. Draw me like your French women. <laughs> I hope you get decapitated in a train accident. I bet you're gonna take a Titanic shit. No, no, but I do have to piss. I haven't yeah. eaten lunch yet. Uh, all right. Reminder, hey, vote for us, because we don't deserve it at all, but you should vote for us just the same. WorldMMAawards.com slash nominees. Uh, thanks everyone from the Malka Office East who's here. Thanks to Malka West for making this possible. I appreciate that. And uh, what else we got going on? Let's see. There you can follow us on social on all the TikToks where all the Ninos are. What else we see? You ever want to do one of those hot chip challenges, or you're like, no, I don't want that. I, I have, I'm, sp- I'm overdue for one. We we can do one. We can do one. All right. I don't think I could survive it. You could Yo, because I, I got breakfast at like a legitimate, authentic and Mexican I place. Said, what about? And they gave you chips and salsa for breakfast, yeah. and I dipped into the red sauce, dude. It was so hot, I almost threw up. Am I just weak, or are the Mexicans here strong? Little column A, column B. Okay. Although you're eating salsa, not Mexicans, so I'm not sure what you mean by that. It was a Mexican restaurant. Okay. They served a, they served an extremely hot salsa with no water. I don't believe that it was extremely hot. Don't don't believe you. <laughs> Yo, remember when you thought I blew you off last night? Yeah, you didn't. You just looked at my text and you were like, yo, eat a dick. Yo, I passed out in my clothes. That I can believe, um, but I still think you saw my text and you were just like, you know, I'd rather just die than hang out with you. Why are you always trying to hang out with me? I mean, we host a show together. Having some kind of a relationship probably matters, right? All right. All right. Like, let's figure this out. So the show is almost over. We're about to be done here. And when we are... Uh, are we going to hang out after the show? Until my car is coming. But I might, I might have time for a pre-car nap before. Cause you know, I gotta so sleep just on. say we're not hanging out then. Do you want to hang out with me? Yeah. And the crew or just the two of us? We'll talk about that off the air. Okay. No comment. Yo, show me the pictures of that guy's right. tattoo with, without the undies. You, I don't, he didn't give me the full Monty. That's what you're talking about. Yeah, I mean, like, like, I don't know, dude. I can't, I, He's a fan of yours. You're going to hurt his feelings. Yo, do you think if Sean Brady beats Bilal Muhammad that this guy could do my tattoo? we got to see what Showtime would pay for. But uh, he could, yeah. Because I'm thinking about like a nature scene, but like very so this, vibrant So this colors. guy does uh, single needle stuff too. He's really talented. Yo, um, for a white guy to have like really popping like oranges and pinks and purples, does that hurt more? Uh, the, no, it depends. It mostly depends on where you get it and how long you've been sitting in the chair. But the only difference is that uh, a lot of times you'd get black and gray with a single needle. Um, if you do color, they use multiple needles at once because it's faster for the saturation. Oh, remember that scene in Google Hunting where he's like, sky rockets in flight. Ba-da. Yeah. Afternoon delight. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's see. That's much, bra- much better things to do with my time. That's what, he, that's what that guy said. Yeah. Pay that was rounders, but pay yeah. that man his money. All right, uh, let's see. Also, want to thank uh, let's see CBS Sports and uh, MorningCombat.store if you want to go buy some shit for no good reason. Yo, yo, um, and then we're done. We got we have yo, to get RJ. Out here. We're looking for you, bro. Okay. Uh, they got to be out of here in an hour, so we need to call it a day. So for Brian Campbell, for everyone in the room, for uh, everyone who watched, thank you. We'll see you on Wednesday, and until next time, may all your gains be loyal. You don't have to take your Close off to have a good time. Oh, yeah.